Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steve. I'm John. Metallica, please do not sue us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we are not Napster. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously today that we're going to talk about the legendary Metallica. Um, and, uh, yeah, their, their, uh, their career. Because uh, we felt like it was time. band was formed in 1981. In L.A., uh, James Hetfield and Lars—they're the—they're the only two original members yeah. still left in Metallica. Uh, They're <laughs> uh, considered—they're considered one of the founding members of uh, thrash metal with Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Yeah, the uh, big four. The big four. Yeah, pretty much if uh, you're making a Mount Rushmore of uh, thrash metal, that's kind of the four you'd put on it. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, how the the name Metallica came about, uh, Lars's friend, uh, Ron Quintana, which is a very cool name. <laughs> Quintana. Quintana. Uh, he was trying to come up with the name for his uh, 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 magazine. It was a, a fan magazine for bands. No. And um, he was trying to decide between Metallica and Metal Mania, and Lars was like, I, I want Metallica for my band. You use Metal Mania. So that's what he did. <laughs> so Lars took that <laughs> from his friend. Uh, you say took like it was a bad thing. I mean, it's a great name for a band. <laughs> it it's is. a better name for a band than it is a magazine. Yeah. So. It was the right choice. Metal Mania like, would have been. How are you stupid. doing tonight? How are we doing tonight, Cleveland? Yeah. We are Metal Mania. People are like, you suck. <laughs> now, if you're like, hey, you read the new issue of Metal Mania, I'd be like, yeah, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, name I, for I read that and I read Kerrang. It had some good stuff in there. Yeah, that's so. That, that's a better name. That's a better name for for a magazine, and that's a better name for a band. So, and it's his friend. It's not like. You know he. Oh, he straight up just stole that shit, yo. Yeah. No, no, it, it didn't happen. Quintana could have could have pulled a Lars and sued him, but yeah, they're friends. You know, pulling he was just a like, Lars. Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> pulling a Lars. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like pulling a muscle. You know, it's yeah. just it's irritating. Right? <laughs> just doing some irritating shit. Oh exactly. Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, James was the first member to join Metallica. Lars. Uh, kind of formed it. He's the one that put the ad out for the band. It's like drummer, drummer looking for a band. Basically, was the ad. Uh, <laughs> and then Dave Mustaine joined. Uh, this is officially not the other people that they played with. Like officially joining the band, Dave Mustaine would have been next. Yeah. Uh, and he was really recruited, and they let him in the band because if he had like a massive collection of equipment. All right. And they're like, we need to use him so we can use his equipment. Right. This isn't a lie. This is all fact. Yeah. Um, uh, but Mustaine was a uh, badass uh, guitarist and bass player. He could do all of it. Yeah. I uh, mean, just basically just pull up anything Megadeth, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Mustaine was so good. Because he, he'll lay down bass tracks uh, for Megadeth, too, then he'll shred on the guitar and then stuff like that. Like, he did a lot of guitar work for Metallica early on. Yeah. Um... Uh, first song Metallica recorded recorded was "Hit the Lights." Um, you can definitely tell that was the first song they recorded. It's very rough. But yeah, 
sometimes that's what sounds good. Uh, it's really like it's like a uh, Slipknot, that original sound. It, you know, it can't be recaptured because they're they're a successful band now. But it was it was yeah. definitely interesting to hear them. But when you listen to it now, you're like, you know. Because everyone remasters it after they get successful, and then it sounds better. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the only thing that I would say is, like, uh, using kind of like the, like Megadeth as an example, uh, they went back and they remastered, uh, they, like, went back and they kind of, like, did, like, like a reissued version of um, Rust in Peace. And it, it the new mix of it kind of sounds like shit. And I hate that too because like I'm a Megadeth fan. Like my like one of my favorite albums from them is Rust in Peace. I fucking love that album. But the uh, remastered edition probably doesn't need to exist. Well, it's probably one the of the original those... sounds like better for whatever reason. I guess because it's it's it feels real. The new one just seems artificial. Do you know who their producer was on that that album? On the remastered, yeah, the one? remaster album. Because... Not off the top of my head. I'd because if it, it was the band trying to do it themselves, that might be the answer. Uh, because if they didn't get a producer, I mean, obviously they're gonna they're gonna fuck that. It's up. gonna it's not gonna sound right. Yeah. You really need a producer. You know, uh, not every band's fortunate enough to have a band member like Clown. Uh, yeah, Slipknot's very lucky in the fact that you know they one have of their a guys, super super talented guy. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing is like because because uh, Sean uh, he is. Like uh, just an amazing mind for like sound, and you know he just he's very creative. So it's it's one of those things where it's like not everybody is I guess blessed. Not every band is blessed to have a member of the band that is also like very very skilled at being a producer. Well, that's usually why, they're just instru- they just play an instrument. Yeah, that's why uh, Slipknot's first album still sounds kind of good. You know. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't until uh, Iowa, I think, when they got uh, was it uh, Ruben? Then they get uh, what's his name, Ross Ruben? Uh, or you mean Rick Ruben? Rick Ruben, yeah. It, was, it wasn't the second album, Iowa. Whenever they got Rick Ruben, was it Rick Ruben, or was it Ross Robinson? Either one of those. I thought it was Rick Ruben. For some yeah, reason, you might be right, but I don't remember that. Uh, we're not gonna look it up. This isn't about Slipknot. <laughs> uh, this is this we, is we about probably, fucking Metallica. We, actually, dude. we probably have that information on our Slipknot episode. So just go back and listen. to Oh that. yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, go back and listen to the Slipknot episode. Um, you tell us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the original members of the band, since we were talking about it, uh, all came together in like 1982. Which is James Lar- Lars, Dave Mustaine, and uh, McGovney. Ron Ron McGovney. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was the original uh, bass guy bass before player, they got yeah. Cliff. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Dave Mustaine was like their sh- you know shredder. He was the uh, solo guy. Yeah, uh, and he also hates turtles. <laughs> that is a weird fact about Dave Mustaine. <laughs> no, you just said he was the shredder. <laughs> oh, okay, I got, I, it. I got it. I got it. I missed the joke the first time, but it came back around. <laughs> it came back around. Mm-hmm. Tonight we are having turtle soup. Tonight we are having turtle soup. Kill them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh my god. The band, uh, the brand thrash metal. Do you know who came up with that term? 
Because I'm about to tell you guys. Who came up with the term thrash thrash metal? metal. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Carrie King from Slayer. No. Ah, okay, and I'm going to tell you... I lost points. Yeah, uh, negative 10. Guys Fuck! Score. Negative 10 points! <laughs> we're going to do... Bullshit! No, we're going to do point counts throughout the episode, because now we done started some shit. <laughs> so whenever somebody fucks up... We've already started drinking, too. This is yeah. going to go wrong. <laughs> this is going to go... Oh, before you, before you go into that, uh, let's Oh, yeah, ahead. what are we drinking today, John? Uh, this is uh, Big Wave Golden Ale uh, from Kona Brewing Company. And uh, what I didn't see the percentage. It is four point four percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting beer because, like, I don't know exactly how they made it, but I feel like I can taste some kind of a pineapple sort of like finish to it. Uh, but it's it's a relatively smooth beer. It's not bitter or anything. Yeah, we'll give it, has it a, its own unique flavor. I think I give it a two out of three stars. Two, yeah. I don't know if I would probably buy this like all the time or anything, but it's it's pretty good. If it's on sale, then maybe uh maybe maybe yeah. I'll grab it. Uh, it's worth drinking right now, so it's doing the damn thing. Yeah, it is uh. doing its job. <laughs> so, all right, uh, the brand thrash metal was coined uh, by the Kerrang uh, journalist Malcolm Dome. Oh, okay. So it's a Kerrang magazine. Okay. Yeah, Kerrang magazine. After hearing Anthrax's uh, song uh, "Metal Thrashing Mad," so uh, okay. Anthrax is responsible for the term thrash metal. Oh, okay. <laughs> because uh, they yeah. were the inspiration for it. Metallica considered themselves power metal, but the two genre genres are really the same same damn thing. <laughs> we we actually had a talk about we had like a fifteen minute thought. conversation about this. The power other metal, what, like he said, you know, it's like power vocals and rock and stuff. Like that, uh, to me, it's like when I think of power metal, right? I think of like uh, which Halford, yeah, Halford and like Judas Priest. I think of like Bruce Dickinson and um, Iron Maiden, and it's like you know, like the the powerful vocals. Like hell, I would even probably throw Disturbed in there because of David. Well, and Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch is like that because it's like the power vocals um avenge sevenfold now i would consider probably like a power metal. yeah like but early avenge didn't because it was more like black metal but avenge now would be more like power metal like to me metallica's black album is more like a power metal than thrash because it's not fast enough well i i see but that that's what the, the the conversation came around to power metal doesn't actually really exist yeah it's just something they say. People just so come up with we, that. And it's like we not just really defined it as something that's good. You can make it that now, but back then it didn't exist. That yeah. wasn't a category of like power singers and rock. It was just heavy metal. Now you really... could now you could like look at a bunch of singers and be like, well, these guys all have powerful vocals, so that can be power metal. But back then. There might have been like one or two of those guys in rock ever. You can't have a whole genre. Hetfield's not in that. No. He has. He doesn't a, have the vocal range that like Halford does. He has a classic metal voice. Yeah. Which what I say about that? By that is, the voice sounds exactly the same throughout his entire career, but he gets the job done with the sound that he has. Right. Just like uh, to me, the uh, classic like rock or metal voice is like uh, you know uh, Jonathan Davis Corn. Uh, he's not gonna have like some crazy range. Uh, he has better range than Hetfield, but like, 
Yeah, like you're saying, like power vocals, uh, like Rob Halford, uh, the the king of our Dio. Um, Dio, yeah, yeah, Dio would probably be in that group too. And then also, and then I was also like, well, if you want to include somebody who has like you know crazy ass vocal range, you have to include King Diamond, right, for Merciful Fate and yeah. his own band. But I was like, but you can't really play Merciful Fate and think that that's a power metal. Because it's black metal. It always has been. And yet again, power metal... Doesn't exist. <laughs> is it doesn't exist. It's just some crap Metallica. Because uh, this isn't a debate. They have an ego. And oh, they, yeah. they don't want to be put in a category. It's like, we're Metallica. We're like the greatest fucking band ever. And I've literally heard Lars say that in an yeah. interview. And that's oh, how yeah. he says it too. Because he's all uh, fucking... Isn't he from Denmark? He's Danish, yeah. Danish, yeah. So he's got that, uh, damn, the dude from Volbeats from Denmark, too. Yeah, he's got that Dane accent. I think we know who the, the, the best Dane out of that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> uh, uh, we would do an episode about Volbeat, but no one hates Volbeat. I, yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, so Metallica was considering they were a genre that don't exist, and it's the exact same thing as thrash metal at the period of time. Unless you guys now want to go by our definition and power metals, power vocals, which you know puts people like Corey Taylor and stuff in there. Uh, yeah. So late in 1982, Lars and James went to a West Hollywood nightclub call, called Whiskey a Go Go, and yes, it was a gay bar. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> What's up, uh, <laughs> you looking for a ride? Uh, oh man. They seen uh, the legendary Cliff Burton, rest in peace. Rest in uh, peace, Cliff Burton. <laughs> one of the greatest basses of all time. Which, just a little side note, I think the greatest basses of all time is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah, that's much one of the better ones. Uh, they watched him uh, prevent, perform in his band Trauma, uh, and they were blown away by his use of the wah wah pedal. Uh, they asked him to join, uh, the band, uh, they asked him to join the band that night because Dave and James didn't think Ron, uh, McGovey contributed anything. (laughs) How (laughs) many, it's like show of hands out there for everybody, uh, listening to this is how many people knew who the fuck Ron McGovey was until this episode? I did not know who the fuck he was until I started looking up a few things on Wikipedia that I wanted to, to understand and just looking up like you know, credits on the albums and stuff, and I'm like, wait, who the fuck is Ron McGovney? And I was like, oh, shit, he was original basses before Cliff. I yeah. did not realize that. <laughs> so, uh, usually when people talk about it, they, they all kind of consider Cliff the original basses, which I do too, because Ron was just a placeholder. Yeah, he basically... He was a placeholder until they found somebody better, and then they convinced Cliff to join, and he joined on like some stipulation where the band had to move... To Santa Barbara, I think. I think it was Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. So they did. They 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 literally moved for Cliff Burton. Right. Which I would have too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, damn. I hate that. Uh, that he died. Uh, 1983. The they uh, began recording "Metal Up Your Ass." Yeah. Which actually which ends up becoming t- "Kill Them All." Yeah. It ends up becoming a T-shirt where it's like it's a toilet and it has the spike. 
coming up through the toilet. If you've ever seen that T-shirt, yeah, before. yeah, I've seen it. It's definitely. the Metallica "Metal Up Your Ass." Yeah, the record company had a problem with them calling it "Metal Up Your Ass," and they eventually changed it to "Kill 'Em All." Uh, which after- which one do you think is? It's like so just. Just for okay, so let's say you're you're a record executive, right? And the band has pitched you with they want to call the record "Metal Up Your Ass." Oh, it's a no. And then okay, so then their their rebuttal is okay. Well, we have a new title. We came up with this, and it's it's called "Kill 'Em All," and the album cover is literally going to be a hammer, like a sledgehammer with like a bunch of blood. I'm like, cool. So, okay, so that, that's that's metal. Metal up your ass is a parody. You're not going to be taken seriously if you name your album Metal Up Your Ass. You can name a song Metal Up Your Ass, but you can't name an album Metal Up is Your that, Ass. Is that how the rules work? I think so. That's the rules? Yeah, because okay. you can name a song any damn thing. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, We've heard Stone Sour literally named a song Song Number 3. Right. And it wasn't even the third song on the album. No. It's like the seventh. Right. So they just fucked with people on that. Yeah. They're just like, let's, this is literally what Corey said. We just wanted to mess with people. Right. It's like, well, is this like song number three in like a series? It's like, no, it's just song number three. It's just song number three. It could have been the third song we wrote. It could have just been something funny. Maybe I just didn't feel like naming it. Right. With Corey, you don't fucking know. It could have been whatever. And most likely it was like his Andy Kaufman moment just to have people wondering. Yeah, but like, hey man, like when they meet him, it's like, what the fuck is song number three about? It's just number three. It's number three. It has no purpose. Think about it. And then walks off and they're yeah. like, oh man, what is it about? Oh, what does this mean? Uh, <laughs> fuck! Uh, this... Mind fucking people. <laughs> That's, he loves to mind fuck people. Oh yeah. Uh, Dave Mustaine was kicked out of the band, uh for drugs and alcohol and his violent behavior, which is kind of funny because James had those exact same problems for 20 years in the band. Right. <laughs> Wasn't there also, like, a thing where, like, James... Uh, and I don't know if this is, like, true or not, but it's, they said something that, like, he got pissed off at Dave once and, uh, like, kicked his dog. And then him yeah. and Dave got into it. Yeah. And then it was, like, not too long after that, Dave was given... They woke him up because he was hungover. He had been drinking all night like Dave was wont to do. And he was hungover and they basically gave him a bus ticket and told him to fuck off. Like, like just go. Just get out of the band. We're just done with you. And, and let's, one thing that you have to remember is that like Metallica, at least back in these days, drank heavily. Every fucking day. Like They were bad on Jägermeister, whiskey... Anything that you could think of. These these guys were slamming Jack Daniels. They were slamming Jaeger. These guys were fucked up constantly. And they looked at Dave Mustaine and said, this guy is too much. <laughs> I think what it is is Dave Mustaine is an alpha. He's an alpha. And he's a badass. And he was starting to take over the band. And James and was like, James, no, 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 no. James, yeah, probably talked to Lars because they're the only two that have any say. If you ever hear any of the members that ended up leaving or getting kicked out afterwards, you have no say. Yeah. None of the other members. Kirk Hammett doesn't even have a say in Metallica. It's all Lars and James Hetfield. Yeah. yeah basically. Kirk's been in that band for 30 years now, and he doesn't have a fucking... Like the, if he started he being can voice like his, his opinion, but they don't really... It comes down to James and Lars. Yeah. Always. Always has, always will. Mustaine wasn't the person you can do that with. 
He was like, no, we're, we're to do this instead. And then it's like, well, you have to sit, go along with it, or you have to fight Dave Mustaine. Right. <laughs> Which I don't think James or Lars could have took in a fight, because Dave's a legit badass. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, and, and you know that's one of the things that I think is interesting about all this, because it's like, if this shit hadn't happened, we might not have ever gotten Megadeth. So instead of having just one band with, like, two good guitarists... You know, badass bassist and Lars. <laughs> you now you have two bands. It's it's better this way. You think it's better this Metallica way. Metallica with Dave with Dave Mustaine never would have lasted. No, they may they might have made the one album, and then Dave would have been like, "Fuck it, I'm gone." Or maybe two albums. Maybe they got to write the. Lane. They would have been. They would have been awesome. But then they would have broke up. Would have been great. But then afterwards, it would have been like Ugh. they would have went the way of System of a Down. Right. Yeah. Uh, we which, all know that didn't got turn like out. four albums, I think. Four, yeah, four. Something like that, yeah. Before everything just imploded. Three good ones and steal this album. <laughs> Basically, had to. Yeah. Uh, Dave Mustaine went on to form Megadeth and hates Kirk Hammett because he stole his sound riff for riff and has never added anything new to this date. In Dave Mustaine's opinion. Uh, Metallica wanted uh, Mustaine basically he said Metallica wanted Dave Mustaine just not his problem Metallica claimed that Dave Mustaine couldn't play guitar <laughs> oh, uh, which man. is like the dumbest shit Ooh. oh that's fighting words like if you so if you're in a, if you're in like a bar situation right and somebody comes up and, you know to you and it's like you know they're like yeah man you know you like metal and it's like yeah yeah I do it's like uh, yeah Dave Mustaine man that guy is just complete shit it's like the fucking record stops and everybody's like, what the fuck? Who said some shit about Dave Mustaine? Yeah. Dave Mustaine's garbage? One of the greatest <laughs> metal artists of all time. One of the greatest fucking guitarists ever to play in metal. And it's like, I don't even understand shit like that. It's like So we're about to do a little bit of a comparison to see what we think here. So we're about to play Did some you want music. Me to, you want me to do? You want me to wait and then do? We'll do the hate comments for kill them all after that. Yeah, yeah. Because this okay. one right here is this is gonna kind of end my kill them all thing that I wrote. Okay. Uh, so the sound for the four horsemen, which I'm about to play. So this gonna, is Metallica's song. Yeah, this is Metallica for the four horsemen. Here it is. Okay, so you got the gist of how that that sound was going. Yeah. So Dave Mustaine wrote that song, and then Metallica reworked it and put it on. Uh, yeah, put it on Kill 'Em All. So this is the actual song, which uh, Megadeth recorded anyway. It's uh, <laughs> Mechanics. Yeah. Yeah.
I'll let you guys judge which one's better. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. One thing I will say about uh, Dave's version is that it is faster. It well, plays faster than... Well, it, it starts slower, mm-hmm. but it's clearer, for mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And the guitar's better. Yeah. Like, clearly better. Like, it, And it, it's not to say that Kirk did a bad job, because if you just listen to Four Horsemen in a vacuum... And you're like, yeah, it's a pretty good track. If you only listen to Four Horsemen, if you only listen to Four Horsemen, and you're you like, don't listen good. to Mechanics. Whenever you because they, ha- they literally have the exact same beat. Yeah, like they Once literally the start. Once the song starts, it's exact. Yeah. it's literally the exact it's same. Like the only difference is the drums are louder in Megadeth. Yeah, clearly, uh, the Megadeth drummer is better than Lars. I mean, that's. I this think that, I think that's pretty common knowledge that Megadeth's drummer. Uh, I'm. I know his name. I just it's drawing a blank. Uh, um, shit, it's not Friedman because Friedman's the he's the other guitar player, Marty Friedman. Uh, yeah. Shit, what's so, uh? Oh, it, I know this too, and I can't think of yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. So that's what happens though, because that was Dave Mustaine's song, and even tried to get them not to use it to just give it back to him, but they wouldn't. They just reworked it and did it anyway. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that that's off the album. Killing is my business, and business is good. Great, great title. Uh, yeah. For uh, which was also a jab at Kill 'Em All, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. Um, Kill 'Em All was uh, not a successful album. Uh. But it is what uh got Metallica to start being known. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically, it's, it's, now it's kind of like, it's a, it's sort of a, uh... It's three times platinum now. Yeah. But whenever it came out, it sold like 200,000 copies or something like that. Which, I mean, I guess for like, if you're just like a local band in California, that's probably decent Okay. It wasn't great, but it got them tours, and it started getting them known, like starting because they started calls. getting booked on because other Kill 'Em All got it got popular after the Black Album. Then yeah. people went back to Kill 'Em All and started buying the albums. Ah, okay. Because it's 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 kind of like the ICP thing, right? Where you know, uh, Amazing Jekyll Brothers hit, and then. You know, the great Malinko's now like four times platinum. Yeah, because it sold yeah. like an extra million and a half albums. Yeah, so because it, it came back around and be like, okay, well, let's go through all the Joker's cards now. And they go back and buy these albums after Went they back actually and heard. Checked out Carnival of Carnage. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's the one that kind of started it for them uh, to get them like into a bigger audience was uh, the, the amazing Jekyll Brothers. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, so... Because they actually got one of their videos on MTV, I think, for that. Yeah, uh, I think so. That's kind of how people... Some people actually found them was, like, through MTV. So, yeah, let's get into uh, well, the, the main hate thing, comment for this. The main thing with Kill 'Em All, uh, and this is... Um, the, there's some people that... They just didn't like Kill 'Em All, but they didn't really say exactly what it was. Some people said that... They felt like the sound was just too raw, and they didn't really master it very well. But I'm like, that's just really based on the fact that like that's their first album. They don't really have a ton of money. They're in a studio that's probably not very high grade. You know, it's it, your first albums. A lot of times are gonna are sound a, a bit rough. rough. Yeah, 
I mean, even like, you know, Mudvayne's, uh, you know, first stuff that they worked on, it sounds really raw. And then you listen to LD50 and you're like, oh, fuck, man, when they actually got some money, yeah, their production quality goes up quite a good bit. Like, everything starts to sound much better. But that's because they were actually inside of a good studio, good engineers, they had the people working on it. Metallica, back in, you know, 83, when this came out, uh, did not have that luxury. <laughs> right. They we were kind of working off of a shoestring budget here. So the fact that the guitars and the drums and everything sound like they do, Hetfield's voice uh, is just it's just as as good as he can make it. Then it's the the, I mean it's fine for what uh, Kill 'Em All was, which is one of my, I kind of it's one of my favorite ones. It's one of my favorite albums is Kill 'Em All. Yeah, there's some good um, stuff on Kill 'Em All. Yeah, his voice is kind of the sounds like level with the sound of the music, which is normally not what you want on an album like live. That's fine. Maybe it's like the mix is just kind of off a bit. Yeah, like yeah, if cause... his voice was a little bit louder, but I'm not quite sure. I want to hear him clearer. I kind of like the fact that this album has it where you know it's just kind of all blended together. So it sounds it sounds more like you're just hearing them play in a garage somewhere. Yeah, sounds fine. Yeah, sounds fine. So like the the main comment that I had for this one, right? It, it said uh, they have stolen Dave Mustaine's music, and when that ran out, Sucksville, <laughs> no talent whatsoever, zero. Well, zilch. Don't give me shit about how they don't suck. Just grab a dick and start smooching one to the slow beats that these thieves try to keep in tune to. It was just the one song. <laughs> like, Mustaine contributed a lot of sound to Metallica and did help them find their sound. Uh, but, but yet again, Megadeth doesn't sound anything like Metallica. So no. Dave Mustaine has a different idea of what type of band he wants to play in because he's he's their subject matter is also completely different too because yeah you know mustaine talks a lot about politics and about war and i mean metallica would talk about war in some cases like one for example from injustice for all but that that came out basically inspired by dave mustaine it was yeah because mustaine was doing all that kind of stuff i mean he was you know talking about like you know uh you know, shadow governments and like Illuminati type shit, and you know, so you can go through, uh, you know, like his lyrics, and a lot of his lyrics are about, um, you know, the uh, the horrible shit that that people do. Mustaine's a better writer than anyone in Metallica lyrically. <laughs> I don't think that's that's up to debate. But uh, is that don't don't get mad if you're a Metallica fan. That's not necessarily a diss. No. Because Metallica's sound is so good, they can get away with doing songs, uh, you know... That are more simplistic lyrics. Yeah, that are really simplistic. Like, um, you know, because they're, they're catchy as hell. You know, the what was we talking about earlier? Like, the lyrics to Inner Sandman are kind of a little retarded. <laughs> but it doesn't matter You're because that... never, never land. It's like, wait, isn't that... Isn't that Michael Jackson's ranch? <laughs> <laughs> it's Peter Pan. It's Peter Pan. And it's like, okay, I know this thing where they're like Neverland, supposed like, like death, you know, never Neverland, I guess. But that's, I don't think that was the intention. Yeah. Of the writer to be like, yeah, these kids are fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be like a fantasy place, so it's like, okay, so the monster's taking them to Neverland. Is the monster Peter Pan? Right. Yeah. Did you have a bad experience with Peter Pan? 
No, but it's just like some of the lyrics, like uh, "boo yeah yeah," like that. He he wrote that on a piece of paper and like I'm seeing that shit. Right. Boo yeah yeah. I do. Do you think he actually wrote that down, or was that just? No, nah, that's just, just in the moment. He just in the I, moment. Is like, I hope. I I imagine that's in the moment where he's just like singing. And he's like, "Boo yeah yeah," and it's like, "Oh oh yeah, keep that in, James. That sounds pretty kick ass." He's like, "Okay, cool, I'll do." Yeah, we'll just keep that audio because in. it'd be retarded if he's just if writing he's, down and in between like this this uh course in the verse. He's just like, "Boo yeah yeah." <laughs> You're gonna imagine like he's in the he's in the fucking recording booth and he's like, give me a fuel, give me five, give me that much I desire, ooh yeah. And he's like, ooh, I want to do that ooh yeah thing. Yeah, I want to do that. that. Ooh, I'm gonna yeah. write that shit. I'm gonna down. write that down. Ooh yeah. He's like, come on, man. Like nobody wrote that shit. That was just in the moment in the studio. He's feeling it. That's just how he wanted to express himself. You know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is, it's it's really funny, <laughs> but yeah, I mean some of, some of the lyrics to uh, their songs are a little crazy, but then they have uh, um, better written songs like "Nothing Else Matters," which is uh, one of the best uh, songs that they've ever written, in my opinion. It's really good. It's almost like poetry. It's 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 pretty great. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's a little. One, one of my favorites, as far as like lyrically, uh, is "Wherever I May Roam." Mm-hmm. I just that song is just like I just think of like Mad Max when I not whiskey in a jar. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> whiskey in a jar. Roll. We're trying to be positive here, damn it! I can still make fun of them. They they. They yeah. really should be making fun of themselves for that. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. John spilling beer, negative ten points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one thing: that's a lot of head. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's, that's what Drake said. That's a big foamy head. What? <laughs> 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 so that's what Drake says when he's with Nicki Minaj. That's a lot of head. Yeah. Oh, did you see that they uh, uh, that uh, Madame Tussauds uh, made their uh, wax figure of Nicki Minaj? And it, oh, it's, it looks like an Asian girl. And it, it, its face looks fucked up. It looks like way too light skinned and it doesn't even look like Nicki. Yep. It doesn't have its eyes or anything. And then some dude went up <laughs> behind it and acted <laughs> like he was uh, he was getting Nicki from behind, but he was doing it to the wax model. And uh, the museum had to ban people from getting on the display. And somebody in the in the uh, thing that was looking at was like, "Man, y'all so thirsty! You about to like bust a nut on a wax statue? <laughs> like for real? Is this really what's going on?" That's pretty funny, right? It's just it's just joke. It's just joke uh, pictures. They do that stuff all the time. People like do like crazy shit with the with the mannequin, the wax mannequins. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just people having fun. So I know you said uh, there's not really a bunch of hate on Ride the Lightning. Um, no, like that's the thing that kind of got me is that I expected people to probably not like Ride the Lightning and love Master of Puppets. And it's actually kind of the other way around. There's people that kind of hate Master of Puppets, but they like Ride the Lightning. So let's let's play a, uh, uh, a little bit from Ride the Lightning here because... I don't think we'll be on this long because uh, it's actually one of those uh, albums where it's like 
everything everybody seemed to like it everything came together like i mean it's it's definitely one of those things it's way more polished than kill em all is yeah i mean everyone kind of enjoyed this album so uh that's good uh, <laughs> this is weird too because you would think with all the all the the salty ass people that exist online and then you know, you get to uh, ride the lightning, and like uh, on uh, this uh, on this site on RateYourMusic.com, which I went to uh, for other episodes to get you know what people like and don't like about albums and stuff. And if you look at all of the Metallica albums and the Rate Your Music average, uh, Ride the Lightning gets the highest grade of all the Metallica albums. So let's slightly just, above Master of Puppets. So let's just listen to this real quick. And if you haven't started headbanging yet, you're probably dead inside. <laughs> Pretty kick-ass song. Yeah. There's a lot of really good riffs on this CD. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this song. I'm gonna play another song, and I'm gonna ask you what what they have in common, and let's see if you can answer. Okay. Is That's right. Huh? Is this quiz time? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, okay, let, okay, everybody knows what Ride the Lightning sounds Ride like. Ride the Lightning. If you don't, why are you listening to this episode? Right, yeah. Okay, so now this song, also off the album. Oh, yeah, this is the Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu, yeah. Slow build. Yeah. Kinda reminds you of stuff that Avenge does. Kinda, yeah. There's an instrumental too, so you don't see very many bands do anything like this nowadays. Instrumentals don't really don't really get played nowadays. Okay. What does the Call of Cthulhu and Ride the Lightning have in common? 
Uh. Oh shit! I didn't realize that they had anything in common. They were both written by Dave Mustaine. Oh really? <laughs> huh. That's interesting. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is one of the most uh popular albums they had. You know, he wrote it obviously before he got kicked out of the band. He didn't write it before then, but it was property of Metallica, so he couldn't take it back. Both of them was written by Dave Mustaine, and this album uh sold uh over four million copies. It went six times platinum. So Ride of the Lightning is six times platinum. And what that means, it means different things, because I was going to tell you guys earlier what it means, because we were confused by it ourselves. So, gold is 500,000 copies in America. Yeah. Platinum is a million. Million, yeah. Diamond is 10 million. 10 million. Very few people has ever reached diamond. Like, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, Cher, probably. <laughs> uh, I imagine she has. Like it's not it's Some, not uh, there was there, there might be ten didn't people. like Elvis's like Christmas album do like ten probably million? like all of Elvis's albums are diamond <laughs> right. dude was ridiculously famous oh yeah no Elvis's Elvis's records were crazy like, okay and then like in like it's different in each country because it goes by the population mm. so like in the UK because they have a smaller population they don't have gold platinum diamond. They have silver, gold, and platinum. And silver is 60,000. Huh, okay. Or, yeah, six, yeah 60,000. Gold is 100,000. And platinum is 300,000. Oh, wow, that's a lot different. Yeah, so, and it's different in every country. But just for this episode, we're only doing, like, American stats. Yeah. Because that's where all the music is sold. From what I see, like all music is always sold in America. Yeah. That's where you judge how successful you are as an artist. You have to be successful in America. Yeah, because you have some uh, bands and stuff that are just selling the UK and throughout different parts of Europe, and yeah. they're not, they're only really famous in Europe. They're not mm-hmm. worldwide. If you want to be worldwide, you really have to be in America. You have albums. to be in America. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty much it for uh, for uh, uh, ride the lightning. Yeah. Go ahead and take a break here. Yeah, we'll take a break get here, and then we'll come back and get into some master of puppets. Yeah.
are back. Oh, get all Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets, six-time platinum, was their first gold album in 1986, was certified six times platinum in 2003. Mm. That's interesting. So, it reaches that milestone after St. Anger had come out. Mm. Yeah. That's a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or people were like, what the fuck is with these drums? Bring me back to the good times. (laughs) Before the Empire. <laughs> well, let's talk about the comments. Uh, because something else happens. Of course, uh, uh, the year of the release of Master of Puppets. But we'll get back. We'll get in that after the comments. Yeah. Uh, so, with this one. And this is, this is weird because... Because uh, I think I even sent you a text that I was like... There's people that like load and reload more than they like Master of Puppets. That's true. Ridiculous. And you were just like your his response was just dumb. <laughs> but but uh, like like I we were talking about whenever I was like the first album I listened to by Metallica was Load. Right. Uh, I think my brother got it for me because uh, I was really into you know heavy really really heavy metal and he was hey listen to this. So when I listened to Load, I was like okay. It's a pretty good album or whatever, you know. This is this is pretty cool. In a vacuum, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you go back, and I think the next album I listened to uh, by them that I got, I think I got my mom to buy me, Injustice for All. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wait, is this really what Metallica is? <laughs> I was like, this 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 is way better. Like this is really kick ass. Yeah. And then I went and. Uh, uh, the next one I think I got was was Master of Puppets, and I was like, okay, this is this is pretty kick ass. And then I got the Black album, and I was like, yeah, this 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 band's pretty awesome. And then um, you know, and then he burned his copy of Load and Reload. <laughs> I kept it, I'm but fire. usually I would no. just be like, I would maybe put it in, listen to one song, and then like eject it, and then listen to the other albums. Yeah. Um, so I mean I'm not saying anything like if you like load you're an idiot. It's like no if you like if you like that's load or taste. reload that's then that's taste. fine. But like we were saying like it, it, if Godsmack would have made load or reload probably a better album. <laughs> and yeah. it, what what we're saying here is Metallica didn't have to be the people to make that album. They shouldn't have been. It sounded like some band in the late '90s first album. Right. Not legendary band, Metallica's experiment sixth album. Right, yeah, <laughs> sixth but, and uh, seventh albums. You know, it's like. But that's the thing that got me is that when people were like, "Master of Puppets is is overrated," and like people didn't like it, and I'm like, "Wait, are we talking? Is this like a different Master of Puppets? Like, are we talking about the same fucking album?" So what happened was, we done crossed universes. We we were driving. And then we switched dimensions. We hit one of those portals. Probably a pothole. Yeah, we hit a pothole, different yeah. dimension. And so in this in this dimension, this dimension, Master of Puppets sucked, and Load and Reload were fucking epic. And that's why Nickelback's around. <laughs> that's what created Nickelback. Exactly. <laughs> See, yeah, there's just... there's always a reason for it behind everything. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Illuminati with yeah. a fucking a large hadron collider has caused more problems. In the other in the other universe, puddle of mud still around and Nickelback never existed. Oh yeah. 
Man. <laughs> I want to live in a universe where, like, Offspring is the best band in the world. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah. a good universe. Pretty Fly for a White Guy is, like... Yeah, this is, like, the fucking... top song. You hear it 16 times a day on the yeah, radio. Yeah, basically, Offspring is, like, the Beatles, but, like, of the, you know, kind of the, the punk generation Well, that we grew up in. We'll live in a world where Pearl Jam goes diamond instead of Justin Bieber. <laughs> right, yeah. We get to that universe. Um, but, uh, <laughs> That's the universe I want to live in. I guarantee you in that universe, Trump's not president. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, what so, I'm saying is Bieber's fault. Yeah, yeah, Trump's that's president. true. <laughs> the rise of Bieber also indicates the rise, the rise of Trump. Trump. See, yeah. it's it's thing. There's help levels us, of this Help shit. us take Bieber down. I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Bieber. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Bieber. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to start some shit now. People are going to be like, man, you guys... Try to be beyond the hate, but you really shit on Justin Bieber. We're it's just like, messing with Justin like, Bieber. I actually don't even listen to it. I don't even know if his music's good or not. I, I, don't, I don't listen I don't to it, listen. so I don't really have an opinion. Um, I mean, I... It I just, might be It might be great. I mean, it is obviously great to a lot of people because he would be so still, fucking rich. They buy it. his shit, yeah. Well, like, good fucking for him. teenage girls go crazy for that dude, so... Good for him. Props to him. Uh, but, yeah, so I found this, and I was like, this is... Oh man, like people will just they'll just talk about anything when they're on the online and they're anonymous, you know. And so it says, uh, it "Say says, it to my face." It say it to my face. So it says uh, on the Master of Puppets, the songs are over long. Uh, James sounds like a redneck. Uh, Lars's drumming is incredibly predictable, and the thrashing is flaccid compared to the other classic albums from the same era. Uh, I'm sorry to be the. Uh, the truer than thou type but metallica have never been that good of a band and their influence is massively overstated i never quite understood the praise uh, for that album beyond the first two tracks and the end of the album goes on forever and ever and blurs together this album always felt significantly weaker than the album before it and after it too namely from the lack of memorable songs well, the, uh, to talk about the, uh, they're not as influential as people say they are. Yes, they are. That they're overrated. What, if you think that Metallica's not one of the most influential bands in all of music, you're living under a rock. Like them, hate them, like this album, hate this album. Metallica is, and always will be, one of the biggest influences in metal and rock. In, in history. I mean, some bands that we have today that are really good wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Metallica. Yeah, Avenged Sevenfold wouldn't yeah. exist. Wouldn't exist. It's like, does Avenged do it, does Avenged do it how we kind of hope Metallica would do it now? Yeah, but Avenged wouldn't be able to set that standard if it wasn't for a band like Metallica. Yeah, like if you listen to Hail to the King, like that album... That's their that, love song to Metallica. They're like, like thank God, you. we really fucking love the Black Album. Yeah, we thank love Thank you for raising us. Right, yeah. You know, they, they wrote, they raised Metallica is their dad. Yeah, it's their dad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's fine because Avenge is a great band. They can love Metallica if they want to. They're great. I mean, I would say overall, like, but it, like, it wouldn't happen. That's why, that's why whenever you, you talk about something like a sports player, like, Oh, so and so wouldn't be. Uh, so and so is better than this guy. Like, like the Tom Brady's better than Joe Montana thing. 
It's like, well, Joe, Tom, uh, Tom Brady wouldn't be able to play in the NFL if it wasn't for Joe Montana. Right. So that already negates that anyway. And it's a different era. You can't compare different eras to each other because they don't play no. in the same style as against the same people. So no. those comparisons are just dumb. Uh, but same same thing with with metal. You can't you can't just be like, well, Metallica sucks, uh, and they don't have any influence on anybody. And it's like, Metallica didn't always suck, and they don't still they still don't completely suck. They just never they set a standard early of what Metallica should be, and then they couldn't be it anymore. That's what happened eventually. Was it wasn't necessarily like the whole selling out theory and all that kind of stuff. Well, we'll get into some of that later. Yeah, we'll get into some of that. Uh, but like, it, it's one of those things where whenever you are so good, so young, it's really hard to live up to what people expect of you. It's a lot like Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> It all comes back to That's Star Wars. That's a whole Wars. other discussion. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, though, whenever you set a standard, like the original trilogy... Yeah. You're never going to live up you're to it. You're never going to find that again. And that's what I'm saying about... If you're a fan of the original trilogy of Star Wars, and you're like, I want my Star Wars to feel like that again... It never it will. It never will. Because that's the magical error. That's whenever it's nothing else... in a bottle. Like, you'll never capture that again. Yeah. So, give up on that. Just be happy with what you're getting. And be entertained and, and chill. And if you don't like it, out. just go away. Don't well, they, harass people on Twitter. They like it. They they gotta like it because that's all anybody talks about when one of these comes out. So even if you're like, uh, "F this movie," it's like, "Wait, I gotta go you... talk shit to Daisy Ridley on Twitter." Yeah. Oh well. Well, this movie's bullshit. At 45 minutes and 17 seconds, I see this, and it really should be this. And it's like, dude, you're watching this movie way too close. You you love this movie. Right. <laughs> you love this movie. If you're watching it that hard, you love this movie. No matter what yeah. your comment says, you love this movie. Yeah, because you wouldn't be spending that much time on it. So if, if you you're didn't. one of those haters that spend that much time just to go comment about something, you love that. We know it. Yeah. We know it. And, we and we that's, know who you are, Brian Pazane. Yeah, yeah Brian Pazane. You know you love the prequels. Pat Oswalt. Patton Oswald. If the if, if what you're really mad at is you must audition for one of the aliens and Lucas was like, nah, you can't act and be like, fuck the prequels. Jar Jar uh, sucks. Jar Jar yeah. sucks. It's like Patton Oswald, like, I wanted to play Jar Jar. Right. <laughs> I wanted to be that character so bad. Uh <laughs> but like the thing on, on this where they're talking about like Master of Puppets is only really good for the first two songs, which are battery and master of puppets, obviously. And then they're like, well, past the first couple of songs, it just goes to shit and none of the rest of the record's memorable. And I'm like, I can remember fucking Sanitarium is definitely memorable. Welcome Home Sanitarium, that's a fucking epic-ass song. That's still one of my favorite songs from them, you know, or where it's about, you know, people trying to break free in a sanitarium. And then Leopard Messiah is really good. I always like that song, you know. yeah. And I think, you know, it's because they don't have a ton of uh, songs on these that it's like, because it's only like, what, eight songs long? If you Well, if you count Orion, Orion's a uh, an instrumental, but... Yeah, here we go. Yeah, so this is Welcome Home Sanitarium. 
You're telling me this song is a fucking memorable? Yeah. Always liked how Metallica started off like this. Always loved it. Like, they're, setting some, the, they're setting the mood. These are some of their best songs whenever they do this. And a lot like Avenge now, they'll do that slow build. Yeah. And it feels better whenever it gets that hard rock. Then I think later in their albums, they just skipped this part, just got to the thing, and that kind of takes away from Metallica. It takes away some of the magic of it. Yeah, because this was... They always this had is this so much work. more epic with this intro. Yeah. And then you hear the drums. This is actually good drums, like in this song. This yeah. is really good. Sometimes I think people just want to shit on Lars because it's it's fun to make fun of Lars. But it's like there are moments where you're like, yeah, Lars did a kick-ass job. On yeah, he doesn't always though. And the reason he doesn't always is because he thinks everything that he does is perfect, and no one tells him otherwise. So even if it's sloppy, he just like, yeah. Well, James, going James isn't gonna be like, man, that dude, that 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 sounded like shit. Yeah. And James is gonna be like, yeah, cool, man. We'll work with it. Let's let's go. You know, whenever James should just be like, dude, th- those drums sound like shit. Let's try to fix. Let's try to fix that, man. man I know, I know you got. Yeah, I know you got better than that in here. Yeah. You know, because... I know you're better than this, man. Why does it sound like Yeah, why is it... Well, I'm just trying something out. That's cool, man. Just keep working on it. Let's, let's go back to the clear sound. That's all That's, that's all the conversation that needed to save St. Anger. And that album would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. But like, Damage really, Incorporated is really badass too. Well, that is uh, that is the name of the tour that they had on Metallica's Damage Inc. tour on September twenty seventh, nineteen eighty six. Members drew cards to determine which bunks they would sleep on. Uh, Cliff Burton drew Kirk Hammock's bunk. The bus driver lost control. The bus flipped, crashing, crushing uh, Burton underneath it. Should have been Kirk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No one, no one should have died there. No. Uh, rest in peace, Cliff Burton. Yeah. Uh, they got the uh, family's blessing to re- uh, replace Cliff. They didn't want to. Uh, without their blessing, and Hammett suggested his childhood friend Les Claypool. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> My name is Matt. Yeah, yeah, from Primus. Uh, oh, he, Primus didn't exist yet. Uh, but James and Lars were impressed by Jason Newstead uh, because he learned Metallica's entire set list before he came and auditioned. Oh, wow. So Jason Newstead uh, got the part, and Les Claypool went on to create Primus. So, so... The moral of the story is ultimately the better band is Primus. No, the better that. band is Primus. Now we're switching beyond the hate. Primus yeah. in the middle of the episode. So we're gonna talk about sailing the seas of cheese. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> nah, we're just kidding. That is kind of cool. I didn't know uh, Kirk Hammond's childhood friend was Les Claypool. Uh, yeah. Wait, we're not gonna talk about pork soda? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my name is Mud. Yeah. Oh man. 
We probably could do one on Primus, just like as a side note. Oh, yeah. Because some yeah. people probably don't really understand that that band does shit for laughs. The band is not serious. But legit badass. Like, but, it's a great but band. But you can listen to Primus and you're like, if this band actually took their lyrics and shit seriously, they would be like way higher up the totem pole. Well, Les Claypool knows he can't sing. Yeah. So he just fucks around. Yeah. And it works. Because it works it's basically, me. they're kind of like what... They're kind of like to metal what Weird Al Yankovic is to like pop music. Mm. You know, they do like they do like crazy ass lyrics and funny stuff, uh, but legitimately can do good music. Weird Al Yankovic is a is a goddamn legend. The dude's a fucking genius. When you uh, think on his it. own, like I would say he is one of the most legendary artists like ever. Yeah, There's because just... every time he works on parodies, they're just genius. They're they gold. great, and you have to have a lot of talent to do parodies. And not only that, but so... he does parodies of everything. He does pop. He does parodies of rap music, like everything. Yeah, he has Rock. to do that stuff. Like I mean, the Eminem song. Which they they had like the little beef there, but it was all fake. Yeah, Eminem actually loved it. Yeah. Uh, but they had like a little fake beef beef thing for for a second until you seen them out like joking with each other and stuff, and it was like, yeah, it was like, yeah, we were just fucking around. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it was like I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, because uh, he knows that like nothing that Weird Al's gonna come up with is gonna like really go after him. He, he knows that the dude's just doing yeah. Coolio it for wanted to kill him. Because <laughs> the Amish paradise thing. Yeah, then the weird Al just had to sit down. It's like I'm just kidding. You're like it's a fucking. It's like I took Gangsta's Paradise and I turned into Amish paradise. You should you got to acknowledge that that shit's hilarious. You should literally be like, that's pretty funny. Man. Yeah, but it's he was like, just like, no, man, I was trying to be really serious about this. It's song. like that was my heart and soul. That really hurt me that you made fun of. It. It's like I wasn't making fun of anything you said in this song. No, he's I was like, parodying your song. I was parodying. That's it. actually a compliment. Yeah. It's like your song is so popular. I want to take the beat and everything and just kind of do my own lyrics. Yeah. But I'm going to make fun of Amish people. That's why it's a like, lot of people don't get super mad at him. But some people do. Like they hate him for life. But yeah. there's just stuck up people that don't understand comedy. Didn't he, didn't like Madonna get really pissed at him? I don't know. I don't think Madonna would get mad. Yeah, he did make a parody of Like a Virgin, but I just yeah. don't think I don't think she I would get mad. I wanted to say that it was Madonna, but it might have been thinking of somebody else. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but could have been like Cher or something. I don't know. Cher seems like she'd be cool with shit like that too. But I don't know these people personally. So no. fuck, I don't know. Madonna could be like Steve knows Madonna. Like he can just he can just text her right now. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey Mads, what's up? Uh, I call her Donna. Donna, yeah. What's up, Donna? Belladonna? Belladonna? If you look up Belladonna on certain websites, you're going to get a totally different video than Like a Virgin. Definitely not Virgin. Yeah, no. Uh, especially if you uh, if you like anal play with baseball bats. But, uh, you know, hey, we, we digress. Yeah. Who, who likes that? <laughs> Apparently Belladonna does. You know, like those. You We've know, like, done got way off. You know, like those nope, small bats nope, they give nope, you when you nope, go to a baseball game. I don't. Okay, game. let's move on. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, moving on to uh, injustice for all. all. Yep. <laughs> so we made it to uh, injustice for all with no uh, baseball bats. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like the ones you find the fucking baseball games when you go and they give the free giveaways and stuff. Yeah. Don't look that shit up. It'll scar you for life. I've seen this shit. And, uh, I'm not the same. 
just thinking how many people learn how to play guitar playing the intros. Like, for real. Yeah, it's basically just like, hey, you want to learn how to play guitar? Learn the intro yeah. to some Metallica songs and you'll get some of the basics down. Yeah. Then you can start getting into a flow. Yeah. workout video part yeah do you want to get ripped like Channing Tatum oh play this shit <laughs> <laughs> you want to get that Daniel Craig James Bond body you want to be like Ben Swolo in Star Wars <laughs> Last <laughs> Jedi <laughs> Last Jedi Swolo's fuck yeah the First Order's got one hell of a gem yes God, so good. Doesn't even have to say anything. Like, this the song's so good before he even says anything. So, I mean, th- this album that came out in 1988 won eight times platinum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was certified uh, platinum nine weeks after its release. Uh, and 1989, Metallica received its first Grammy nomination for Injustice for All. Uh, for uh, hard rock metal performance, and they lost, and they lost to Jeff Rotel Rotel. for the album Crest of a Knave. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was soul bullshit. You know, Jethro Tull was a motherfucker in his day. <laughs> but would I say that anything Jethro Tull's done better than Injustice for All? I'd probably have to say no. No, I mean, come on, come on, man, come on. Like, whoever's doing the voting for that apparently doesn't know who the fuck Metallica is. Oh, they obviously didn't. not give them didn't. the award for this. They didn't want to give a metal band an award. Uh, no, because then it would start to legitimize everything that the, that the the genre had been doing. And you know they don't want to do that. No. Because Jethro Tull literally won hard rock metal performance. Right. Jethro Tull is neither hard rock or metal. Yeah. But they gave it to him anyway. <laughs> Who is the other contenders in that group? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's because probably like Metallica, Jethro Tull, with this 1988. Yeah, um, maybe like Guns N' Roses? Nah, if Guns N' Roses were in there, they, they would have won that, right? I don't know. Maybe, my, my, maybe like, like Guns N' Roses, ACDC or something like Motley that. Crew, what the, I mean... I feel like all those people should have won. I don't know. Like, any of those would be better than Jethro Tull. I mean, seriously. <sighs> I couldn't even tell you a Jethro Tull song. The only one I could think of is, like, didn't wasn't Aqualung like a Jethro Tull song? Oh, God. Uh, let, let's see. We're going to play something here uh, from this album. Uh... 
that apparently was better than Injustice for All. Better than Injustice for All. So let's see what this uh, Grammy... Let's see what this shit sounds like. Let's see what this Grammy album sounded like. Okay, 1987. I don't don't even know what song to play. Because I don't know anything about them. I'll just play... This one. It's really metal. This sounds like some shit some hobbits were playing Lord of the Rings. Sounds like he's in a hole. Is this, is this what folk music people consider metal? This is metal for folk music? This isn't even rock. This is folk music. Yeah, you can't have that. That's illegal in metal. Yeah, you can't do that. You, <laughs> you, you will get stabbed. <laughs> you get... Yeah, if you if you play any of that, like half these instruments at, at a fucking metal show. That's way too slow to be metal. And I I I can tell you. 100% I did not understand one word he said. <laughs> not one lyric. Have you ever have you ever met anybody just like just since we're on the topic? Have you ever met anybody and you start talking about music and they're like, "You know who's really fucking badass that I love the shit out of?" Jethro Tall fucking tall. That is my shit. You That's know, my jam. That is my jam. You know what? I also know uh just uh just a side note since we're talking about that. Always hear the comedians like joke about Nickelback and stuff, but I've never actually met anyone that's just like, man, I fucking hate Nickelback. Like, I've never actually met anybody that just fucking violently hated them like the comedians do. <laughs> they just make fun of them. They just they they just make fun of them like all the time, and I'm just kind of like, I mean, Nickelback's like whatever, but I don't I don't think I hate them. Like, it's not like a hate thing. Like, it, it's just like what, you, you you guys fucking. It's like the worst band ever, Nickelback. I was like, no, that's definitely not true. It's not, it can't be the worst band that's ever. It's definitely not true. Like, you know, the worst band ever is probably Pig Destroyer. Remember yeah. when we listened to that yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you guys actually <laughs> want to hate something on Beyond the Hate, Pig look, Destroyer. Look up Pig Destroyer. It was the last rose I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that shit. What was the name of that fucking album? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, uh, I forgot the name of the album, but it was oh, it was bad. Man. It was really bad. Yeah, it's. And I know Pig Destroyer probably. I think that whole I think that whole album was seventeen minutes. Their songs were like they're like a, a minute, minute and a half. They <laughs> had like, like ten songs. It's, you know, it's a grindcore band, so it's like a lot of times their shits like it's fast. There's no frills. There's no bullshit. It's just. There is no course. No, it's just straight up. Just like it, it's, <laughs> it is basically just straight up. Like there is no bullshit. Um. Oh man, was it was it Phantom Limb? Was that the name of it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I think that is the name. I think that is it because that's two thousand seven. I think that's about the right time. Uh. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's called Phantom Limb, the, the where that song is from. That's gonna fuck with me now because I'm gonna have to figure out what fucking song that is, and that means I'm gonna have to go back and listen to Pig Destroyer again just so I can get that shit out of my brain. You don't have to. Fucking great. 
No, I'm going to have to because my brain's going to be like, what the fuck was the name of that song? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't think you have to go listen to it. No, probably not. But, uh, so that's, uh, so in Justice for All, we start finding people that, uh, uh that are, that are kind of rebelling against this album. Right. You can start to feel like with this and then definitely with the Black Album, we have a, we have a little bit of a journey to take when we get to the Black Album. But to, uh, yeah, I mean to, to go ahead and end the Injustice for All part. Well, I haven't got to the comments yet. Oh, I thought you already did it. No, I hadn't done it yet. Okay. <laughs> um, which, uh, oh, it's actually funny because they actually mentioned Pig Destroy in here. I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I totally forgot that that comment mentions that. Okay, so it says, uh, Normally, I'm not a big stickler for production, but this album easily has some of the worst production I've heard, uh, thanks to the meddling of Hetfield and Lars. Uh, the guitars have no mid-sound characteristic of aspiring thrash metal guitarists worldwide, and the bass is basically absent, leaving an overall sound uh, reminiscent of a Pig Destroyer album. <laughs> Which would be fine if the songs were written with such a sound in mind. Bland, self-indulgent, badly produced, and bereft of riffs. Totally forgettable album. The production on this is just so mind-bogglingly watered down and terribly muted that I can't stand to listen to this. Perhaps there are some good riffs buried in there, but I can't be bothered. Production aside, this is a very average-sounding album, and I just can't understand why this band is so consistently popular to this day. I never really liked this album because of the production. After giving it uh, more, after giving it more of a chance recently, I have to admit it has plenty of great tracks, but also has its faults still. Firstly, the album is infamous for its lack of bass. It is so slow in the mix that it's basically inaudible, or so low in the mix that it's basically inaudible. The drums have a really flat sound, which is quite frustrating to listen to. Some songs are a bit lengthy and so often overstay their welcome. Okay, so you're right about the bass because it was a thing that James and Lars did. They took Jason Newstead's bass basically out of the album. Yeah, it was basically mixed down so much that it's... And Not I don't really think enough. it. I don't know exactly what what happened with that either because I had heard something that like Jason when he was brought in to do it that they that they heard him playing the bass and then they they just for some reason they didn't like it. I don't know if that's like the official story. I don't or, think it was that they didn't like it. I think it was a. Uh, it was a power play. It was a power play, and it was just. Um, they weren't ready to make an album without um, Cliff Burton. So they took most of the bass out of every one of the songs on purpose. And they said that there is a cut out there with the bass in, but they'll probably never release it. So Well, uh, I noticed on YouTube uh, somebody did, uh, they called it uh, uh, Justice for Jason. And it's basically somebody went back in and mixed in like their own bass onto the album so that it you can hear what Injustice for All would sound like with the bass added back into the mix. Yeah, so it was it, it was one of those things. And uh, Newstead said in an interview that I watched back when MTV still played music <laughs> uh, that he was... This very, was before 16 and Pregnant? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
for all that garbage. Right. Uh, <laughs> but he said he, he was basically bullied every day that he was in Metallica. Well, I know that they, they hazed the fuck out of him when he first got there, for oh, sure. Oh, it was not just when he first got there. It oh, was okay. Ten years in, they were still bullying him, because they never... He said they never... He never felt like a member of Metallica. He was never, like, an actual... Because they yeah. always, felt, he always like felt like... Their he basis was, uh, was Cliff. It was yeah. always going to be Cliff. And yeah, he was and just... He was just a guy, and then they always fucked with him, and did fucked up shit to him, and yelled at him, and all that kind of stuff. Hazed him. So... Yeah. You know, and he was a great bassist. He, you know... Still is. Still is. He just didn't want to be in Metallica anymore, so they got that, um... Robert Trujillo. Robert Trujillo from Emperor. Uh, yeah, that's where he's from, right? Uh, Emperor, yeah. yeah, Trujillo was Emperor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, they got him. Uh, which, uh, yeah, he has no say in Metallica either, but they're not gonna yell at him, because he'd probably beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's he a pretty gnarly looking dude. Big he, ass dude. So he could probably bust their face. I up. mean, it's still a really good album without the bass. I mean, I would like to heard Jason Newstead uh, on this album. His cut. You well, really get to hear him in the Black album though, because they don't cut his bass out in the next album. No. Well, and the thing that I think is that like because I, I've even you know said before that like my favorite Metallica album is is Injustice for All. I can put this album on and I can listen to it from beginning to end and not skip any songs and just have a fucking jolly old time listening to this album jolly old time i fucking love this album john said that like he's 65 right <laughs> I, I had a jolly old time I with that album. old time yeah i remember that fucking uh bing crosby that guy was the shit huh that guy was the shit <laughs> um but yeah i can put this album on and i can listen to it at any time uh, Blackened uh, is a fucking amazing song. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one is, and I don't know if this is controversial, but to me, one is the best song they ever made. Really? Yeah, I believe that well, one is the best song that they ever made. Okay, well let's. Uh... That's my opinion, and I, you know, and people are, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Well, I mean, music, any type of entertainment, everything is an opinion. Right. Uh, this whole show is based on opinions. We just happen to have a more positive opinion of stuff because we try not to hate on shit. It's like, especially yeah. I mean, we're, we're saying plus. facts in this. Metallica yeah. has their faults, so we're mentioning them. We're not making yeah. them. We're not doing this episode making well, we're not it seem like they're some some like perfect angels or something like that. Yeah, they they have a little bit of a greed problem. They ha- they they you know they have they're a little bit abusive to other band members, but mo- that's most metal bands. It's not like Metallica is like the only band that hazes people. Uh, it's not. Every band does it. Every single band. You know, uh, they wouldn't even... Like in Slipknot, they, they, they wouldn't even let the two new members even wear a number. They're just members. Right. You know, I think they gave the number to the drummer finally. Uh, but uh, the other... The, Weinberg yeah, or whatever. Weinberg, they, but I don't think they gave the other, the other guy a number. The Tortilla guy? Yeah, the Tortilla guy. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so every band does a hazing. Every band has a process. Uh, it's it's hard to deal with the death of a member. You know, like, that, um, and that, like that the losing... Red Hot Chili Peppers had to deal with, you know, um, uh, what was it, Hellman, um, OD, and on heroin. You know, and then they got Jean Frusciante. Frusciante, yeah. And, um, he almost OD'd. He almost OD'd, and Anthony Flea kind of saved... Every, yeah, Anthony Kiedis probably would have been dead 
Like years ago. Years, like 20 years ago. Anthony Kiedis probably would have been dead in like 1997 if it had not been yeah. for like Flea. Yeah, Flea saved the whole band. Um, so to Flea. I don't think Flea gets enough. No. Like you were talking about like he's probably like your favorite bass player ever. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think he has the greatest bassist of all time. It's a hard argument. Uh, well, I don't think it's that hard, really. There's very few people that can... Uh, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, like, Fieldy would have been in it, but no, he's definitely not in it anymore. <laughs> he's not in the great bass club. No, because those first couple Corn albums, you're like, man, the bass is really good on that. Oh, yeah. Then the later Corn albums, you're like, it just it doesn't really sound like anything special anymore. Flea always brings the shit. Like, yeah. always. He always brings the thunder. He brings it down. So, yeah. all right, so we're going to end uh, talking about this album by playing one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, then we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to deal with the Black Album. Black Album. I fucking love this song. This is a great song. And it's, of course, you know, trying to shop on Black Friday. That's what it's about. Right? <laughs> if you've ever worn retail, the, the, the PTSD from... People, you know, fighting each other over fucking plastic bullshit is is strong, man. That's definitely what this song is about. This song is about... I I can feel it in my song. This song is about Black Friday, yeah. The PTSD from it. That's what one's about. (laughs) Black Friday. But it's like, uh... But that's the thing. It's like when they wrote this, imagine how many guys came back from Vietnam that, that were just like... That... Their whole world had changed. You know, they were a teenager. They shouldn't listen to this song. They'd probably kill themselves. Like, yeah, no, this song this, is this, not. If you have anybody in your family that suffers from PTSD, that, that went through a war, don't play this shit around them because this is a this is a fucking trigger warning, like right here. Yeah. This this is some shit. I mean, this guy literally gets his fucking arms and legs blown off, you know, from a landmine, That's... and he's basically a paraplegic for the rest of his life, and. He's basically like, I can't, like, my life is gone. My, my livelihood is gone, and I want to kill myself. That's not some shit that you want anybody in your family who's military to be listening to, because th- that shit is strong, man. That's some fucking, that's some hellish shit. And there's a lot of soldiers that came back from Nam that went through all this shit. For real. It's like showing like a World War II vet saving Private Ryan. It's like, hey, let's sit down and watch Saving Private Ryan. It's like, don't show that. Nah, Grandpa's not going to want to watch that movie. Yeah. Especially the first of it with the uh, Normandy and, and stuff like that. Storming Normandy Beach. Oh, fuck yeah. No, that's hard for me to watch and I've never been in a war. Yeah, we've never been in a war and I, I, I almost have to skip past that because it's just fucking people dying all over the place. Guys well, getting blown up on fucking mines and getting sniped and shit from towers? Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Spielberg definitely knows how to direct those war movies. Yeah. For sure. That's that's his epic right there. Yeah. We already did a test on one of the episodes if I'm a Spielberg fan, and yes, yes I was. So. Yeah. Settled. And also, this is a little bit of the start of James trying trying to sing a little bit, like for real sing. His voice just really isn't cut out for it. But he's trying on this. He does try. He is yeah. a trier. Yeah. Cut this life off from me. Hold my breath in. 
and then when it kicks back into the chorus, it's like, okay, now this sounds like Metallica. And then a lot of people gave them shit over the music video for this because they had never made a music video up until this. You know, this is late 80s and they had yet to make a music video. They just didn't do that. The thing for me that sells one is when you get to the end of it and it gets into the fucking breakdown and the solo. It takes a little bit of time to get to that. But that's the genius part about one is that when you let the whole thing play out, you're rewarded for your patience. Yeah. Because then you get past this stuff, then you get into the rapid fire heavy shit, and it's fucking brilliant. This is where it starts to get to some of that. Because when it breaks down, it this song goes fucking, it goes ham when it starts to break down here towards the end. This episode is not brought to you by Advil, I'm just saying. <laughs> then another solo, in case you didn't get enough solo before, now you get a second solo.
And we're back. And of course, uh, that is Inter Sandman. And if you were in ECW in the 90s, you know what the fuck that song meant. The Black Album was made because uh, uh, Metallica thought they were testing their, their fans' patience by making their songs too long. And uh, they'd be performing songs, or they claim they were performing songs in live concerts and people would look like they were bored waiting for the hook. So the Black Album was made because they wanted uh, to shorten their songs. So uh, the seven, eight-minute epics with like the two-minute guitar solos were over. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and for in, a long time. <laughs> yeah, in 1991, Metallica released the Black Album. They sold 650,000 copies in the first week. Uh, it has been certified 16 times platinum in the U.S. alone, selling 16 million eight hundred and thirty thousand copies. Uh, then Metallica was abducted and replaced with greedy lizard people. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you know, it's, it just feels like, you know, if you were, like, writing, like, Wikipedia, that, that should be, like, the next sentence. is like, they were abducted by aliens and replaced by greedy lizard people. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> We make that joke all the time that like fucking that like Metallica got abducted and replaced with like some kind of weird fake Metallica that's like not the real Metallica. The real Metallica is on a spaceship somewhere, yeah. you know, in a different you know dimension or something. And we like must that. find them. We must search space and time to find them. Help us, please. If you guys have any information, please email us at beyondhate.com. Right. Because that Metallica left in 91 and never came back. Uh, Let's talk about it. Okay, so the Black Album is... uh, For some people, like, they love it. And then some people absolutely hate this album because it was... This was the album that signaled the turn of them starting to change their sound, like, forever. Right. And... You know, I because I I was telling Steve, you know, earlier in the week, I was like, I want to say that the first... Metallica stuff that I'd ever listened to, I think, was the Black Album. Right. I think I was just old enough to hear it because my brother, one of my brothers, had it on a cassette tape and he used to listen to it in the car. <clears throat> and I was like, this is pretty cool. Uh, but I didn't really know... Th- that was the only thing that I really knew what Metallica sounded like. I thought that's what they sounded like. Right. Do you guys remember back. cassette tapes? You used to actually have to rewind them. You yeah. Know, skipping songs were just like not even worth it. Because you're like, oh, oh shit, I went too far. Just listen to the uh, I just gotta listen to the rest of and it. And then you had to flip them? Yeah, you had a side B and yeah, you had a side, a side B, you know. And, and then eventually on cars, they installed this shit where it automatically switch and go to side B. And you're like, why the fuck have we not had this luxury forever? This is amazing. And all it was was just like a mechanical thing that would just switch to the other side of the tape. You, know, you have to physically flip in, it over. In all honesty, if I had my pick between cassettes and cds cassettes all day because cds are just too easy to fuck up i'm kind of with you on that yeah cassettes i mean you can have like freaking a thousand cassettes in a box you put a thousand cds in a box half of them aren't even gonna fucking work as soon as you gotta clean them and shit as soon as you move them bitches they're gonna be scratched and have all kinds of bullshit yeah they get scratched easy like it's not hard to scratch a cd like you can literally like be walking and be like it slips out of your hand like oh fuck 
and you pick it up and it's like scratched and shit. It'd be like, fuck, I just dropped it like two feet on the ground. Like two feet on the ground and now the CD is fucking useless. Cassette tape, you can like throw it across a room, pick it up and put it in a tape player place. Right. (laughs) Unless something physically grabs the tape and fucks with it, those cassette tapes will probably last 40, 50 years. It's like those fucking Nokia phones. (laughs) It's like those Nokia phones. Like literally, I've dropped one 30 feet, went down, picked it up and made a call. Yeah. Like back in the day, like they they did not break. No. If I if I fucking drop my phone now from thirty feet, it would shatter into pieces. Right. It would it would basically just shatter it like a like a glass door. It'd and then the phone sh- I had back in the day was like forty bucks. This one's like twelve hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. This the <laughs> phone I have right now. This is a six hundred dollar phone. <laughs> if you would have told me in nineteen ninety one that a phone you could carry with you would be six hundred dollars, you would have been like, you're fucking high. Yeah, I would have punched you in the face. Right, I would have been like, well, the phones are never going to cost that much. Now you have to have one of these phones, or you just can't do anything. Right. Now that we're off on a way tangent, let's get <laughs> like, like, yeah. So this is the Beyond the Hate Android Phone Edition. Yeah. ADD Edition. ADD Edition. <laughs> hey, ADD is our business. Uh, <laughs> and business is good. Business is good. <laughs> Just like uh, Megadeth and Killing is my business. Yeah. yeah. ADD is our business. It all comes back around. If to we come out with a comedy album, we'll call it ADD is our business. Right, yeah. And business uh, is. Wait, what was I saying? See? See what I'm saying? There? Yeah. Uh, see, 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 see. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what I found was like this article. Uh, and this is on uh, Hazlitt.net. Don't worry, and, guys. This article is only 10,000 words. All right. Yeah, right. this guy basically wrote his, <laughs> his college thesis on Metallica's Black Album. Like, it's actually... I, I didn't even read all of this because th- this goes into great detail. It must have been an arts major. Right, yeah. <laughs> Good luck you... using that for... <laughs> it's like... Uh, what was that other thing everybody was going into uh, back in the day, and then they found out like that degree was useless? Like the liberal was it arts con- degree. Was it computer science? No, computer science definitely. Wouldn't no, it be wasn't useless. computer science. It was. It was something. It was something like that. Uh, shit, I was just. I was just reading about this. It was. Uh, everyone was going into it. Because they thought it was like going to be a big deal, and then it's like actually not even profession. So these people went like sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debts to get the scholarships, and then what they majored in didn't end up being anything they could use. Was it like uh, people that were getting into like like website hosting or like web design? No, it was uh, graphic designer. Graphic design. Graphic designer doesn't pay shit. No, anybody can do it. This, they make programs where any fucking body can do it. Like, you could hire an 80-year-old to design a graphic. Like, yeah. anyone can do it. If you have a computer... If you have a grandma in Photoshop, you're good. Yeah. It, it's so easy, because they make programs for that. Right. Now, if you were going to school to be a programmer, where you could make a program to do that, there's money in that, yeah. but there's no money in graphic design, and so many people went to school for it. Yeah. Well, and it's like, because like a lot of times you have people now that... Uh, like if they just work for like a website or something, they're like, "Hey, I need you to make like a background for this page. You can just just you know dial it up real quick, boom, get it out there." Yeah. You know, I mean, unless you're working for like uh, an advertising agency or you're doing like graphic design for like a 
like a, a big company, like you're you're doing like commercials, you're doing like advertisements, you're designing billboards. But what they're you can saying have money is in that, but as you far don't as actually, getting a degree for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, you don't actually have to get a degree to do that. No, you can just learn how to do Photoshop. Just uh, you can fucking um, what's the thing like Lynda.com and fucking just take like a class on Photoshop. Yeah, and, in like twenty minutes. Yeah, and then you once you know kind of like the basics, you can just fuck around with the tools. And just edit stuff. And it's like, you don't have to go to college for that. You just need to have, like, basic functioning human skills. And you can figure this shit out with a little yeah. bit of teaching. If you can walk and chew gum, you can do it. <laughs> okay, let's get to the comments. So, uh, but yeah, this, uh, I, had to take, I had to take about 90% of this article down so that it was uh, palatable for our audience and for our own sanity. So we uh, cut it down to an hour and a half. Yeah, so, so this guy ready. This <laughs> guy recently wrote four hours worth of uh, his fucking master's thesis. He wrote a book, and it was just a comment that he left. <laughs> right, yeah. He, he, he wrote a thing for uh, this website, and then he was like... Okay, so he thought he was going to get hired by TMZ. You're right, yeah. It's wow. like, no, man. Uh, look, we just want to get upskirts of Britney Spears. We don't really care about your particular thoughts on Metallica's Black TMZ's album. interview process. It's like, are you one of the most horrible people in the world? Do you have no boundaries? And Do you no love stalking sta- people? <laughs> yeah. Do you have no set standards of privacy? And then if you answer yes to all those, congratulations, you're hired. Do you know how to operate a camera? It's like, well, yeah, I took photography in, in, in school, you know, when I was in college. It's like, well, cool, you can stalk people for TMZ. Have, this is great. It's like, have you ever been arrested for taking nudes of your neighbor undressing in the shower? And it's like, yes, congratulations, you're now a member of TMZ. You're a paparazzi. You're now, uh, you're now a, a garbage piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're now a garbage human. Uh, 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 paparazzi can get fucked. Um, but anyway, not uh, all paparazzi, mainly TMZ. <laughs> yeah, fuck all those people. <laughs> those people are pretty much the scum. There will be no, uh, there will be no restraint of hate for TMZ. It's just way too much, man. <laughs> they, way too much. They go way trying to get upstairs. It's like, look, Britney Spears wasn't wearing panties, and it was like, <laughs> how's that any of my business? Right. Like, it's like cool. Go you party? got like a, you got like an upskirt of her vag. It's like okay, cool. She wants to go party, get her freak on. She's a millionaire. She deserves it. And people fucking bug the shit out of her. Right. I would fucking shave my head off and go fucking crazy too if you bugged me as much as you fucking bugged Britney Spears. Trying to take pictures of my pussy and... I can't even get out of the car and be like, ah, and then you're like, you're you're the bad person, Britney. And people are like, yeah, fuck Britney. It's like, what? This fucking person just took a picture of her fucking vagina. <laughs> if a regular person with without a press pass did that, they would have to register as a sex offender <laughs> for fucking stalking somebody. That's like, uh, that's like, that's like, uh, what is it? Like sexual stalking or something? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah, you can't just. Normal people can't just t- take pictures of other normal people when they're not expecting it of their their you know private parts and then post them online <laughs> right without repercussions. But if you have a press pass, it's cool. Yeah. So what's the difference between revenge porn and TMZ? A press Nothing. pass. Yeah, press pass. That's yeah. that's it. So yeah. Let's get to the comments. <laughs> our uh, our thoughts on TMZ is made. Right. Yeah. Fuck We're those. We're planting that flag in the ground. Fuck those sex offenders. Right. <laughs> Are you a registered sex offender? Have you molested a child? Congratulations, you're now a member of TMZ. TMZ. 
We should make a, like a fake commercial. <laughs> yeah, a fake for that. commercial a about fake, TMZ. Uh, a fake uh, recruiting commercial <laughs> for TMZ. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. And just insert that into an episode somewhere. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to think of that. Um, but basically, this is from a, a, a place called Hazlitt.net. And in case you're wondering, no, this is not related to Jim Hazlitt from the <laughs> from the the Saints, who used to be their coach. This is something totally different, uh, but it's. Uh, I don't H- think anybody was thinking of Jim Hazlitt. No, I don't think. And if you were thinking of Jim Hazlitt when I brought that up, then there's something wrong with you. You're from um, a different dimension when Jim Hazlitt was still a relevant coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when we hit the pothole and everything got fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Hazlitt's actually still in the NFL because of that. Coaching the Saints. Yeah, coaching the Saints <laughs> instead of uh, Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Uh, Sean Payton's actually coaching Washington <laughs> State in the other universe. Right, yeah. So, um, uh, so it's net H-A-Z-L-I-T-T. Uh, and they had an article on here written by Drew Millard. And it said, The greatest thing Metallica ever did was start to suck. That's the name of the article, right? So then you get into the article, and this is what they wrote about the Black Album, because that's when a lot of people think that Metallica started to suck. Uh, so it says, In music, the word any number of things. It can mean that a band has changed their sound to something more commercial friendly. It can mean that they allowed one of their songs to be used in an advertisement. Or it could just mean the band is suddenly becoming popular and fans are upset that it's not exclusively their thing anymore. One album that is consistently referred to as a sellout record is Metallica's self-titled record, better, self-titled record, better known as the Black Album. When the album was released, the reviews were mostly positive, but the diehard fans weren't having it. They had grown accustomed to the fast, uh, thrashing sound that defined their first four albums, and the new direction they were going in did not sit well. Hardcore fans felt betrayed because they were working with Motley Crue's producer, and there's a power ballad, and it's, it's so slow, uh, says Andy O'Connor, a metal writer for sites like Vice and Pitchfork, among others. As the Black Album's medium-tempo, radio-friendly sound graced the ears of fans who discovered the band through Ride the Lightning, there was a growing concern that their favorite band was being lost to the unwashed, hair-metal-loving masses. So is the Black Album a sellout move or an all-time metal classic? The most likely answer is that it's probably both. That sounded like a bunch of bullshit. Because, well, I'll go ahead. Bullshit, Doctor. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you. Whenever the Black Album came out, uh, it was uh, 1991. Yeah. Uh, Everyone fucking loved that album. Yeah. Remember not one negative comment. I never not. I never remember not one person saying anything about. Metallica for years, you know. I, w- I would have been a little young in '91, but like in the in the 2000s in right. high school and stuff, the Black Album was still like never met anyone that didn't like it. Yeah, you know, because we had plenty of friends in high school that fucking loved that album. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the most beloved albums ever heard. And regardless of what you think happened because of the result of the Black Album, doesn't matter. Because you can't judge the future of Metallica off what they did in that album. That album was great. Yeah. The album was really good. So it's like, oh, well, this this may have started like a downfall trend, you know, with Load and Reload. And it's like, it, it, whether it did or not, doesn't matter. We, 
the album itself, you can't say this album sucks because of uh, 10 years later. This is what we're getting. It's like, no, no, no. But what do you think of this album? Yeah, at its time. At its time for what it is. It's a great album. Yeah. It is well, a great album. Because as you said, it went 16 times platinum. Yeah. 16 million albums sold. So it's not garbage. Is it commercially the most successful album that they've made? By far. It's, it is the most commercially successful album they've ever made. Uh, unless you have stats that something else outsold it. Oh, no, I don't no, no, think no. Nothing so. outsold this. Yeah. Nothing outsold this. So th- my thing is is that, like, in 1991, nobody wanted to say that, like, well, this album sucks. You just didn't hear shit like that. Well, and technically, then, this, this, technically, this album, it is 16 times platinum. But it's actually diamond plus six times platinum. <clears throat> yeah. Because diamond is 10 million copies. That's, yeah, diamond is the 10 million benchmark. And then they sold another six million albums on so top of that. So this Metallica album, we remember when we referenced this before, what diamond is, there's only a very few bands in the history of music that's ever hit diamond. And Metallica is one of them. Yeah. And for a, a band who is primarily a heavy metal band, right? Or at least at this time, they were a metal band. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive because metal bands typically did not sell anywhere near that much. They did not sell 10 million. They would sell millions. You know, like Motley Crue sold records. Fucking Judas Priest sold records. Iron Maiden sold records. Fucking Poison. Like all those bands in the 80s sold good albums they had good sales and then when you get to like the black album it's like hold my beer because they're like that that album fucking exploded and it was everywhere they toured for this record for three years and some people would say that like well you know by the time they got to the end of it they were just they were so burnt out from playing stuff from the black album that they just that's the reason why we got load and reload because they just they just wanted to do something entirely different. Yeah. Because they got burnt out on playing that stuff for like three years straight, doing festivals and all these concerts and being on the road all that time. They wrote all the music for Inner Sandman in a day. No, really. <laughs> but when they recorded the album, the lyrics were actually written last. In chronological order of all the songs that they did on Entertainment. So they made all the music completely for Entertainment, <coughs> but it was the literally the lyrics were literally the last thing written. Oh, really? That's interesting. For the entire album. Huh. The last thing that they had to finish was writing lyrics for Entertainment. Oh, wow. So everything else was already done. So these guys, uh, you know, with the producer uh, Bob Rock... Uh, which is a great comic book character name. <laughs> Bob Rock. Yeah. yeah, he's cousins with the thing. You know, the dude that's made entirely out of rocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, old Dick Rock. Good um, Dick Rock. So, you know, they made a lot of money. And uh, in 2003, they are, are, yeah, in 2000, uh, yeah, in 2000, they uh, sued Napster. Yeah, well, you want me to go ahead and get into some of that? 
Yeah. Some of the Napster stuff? Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they sued Napster because... Um, uh, wasn't it because... Uh, was I Disappear, the, the song from Mission Impossible, got yeah, leaked on it there? It got leaked, and they, they were very mad. Uh, which, they were... Which wasn't Napster's fault that it got leaked. It's actually the fault of whoever Metallica works with. So that's one, that's one thing that's kind of messed up about it, because... It's not Napster's fault. They were like an open bait. It's just like, you know, it's still just like Facebook. You can put anything you want to on Facebook. Doesn't matter. Nothing's ever going to get taken down. You can share all the songs you want to on Facebook. Yeah. And people can watch all the videos you want to. People can watch Because it just links like straight to YouTube. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, because here, here's my thing. If people like your CD enough, they're going to buy your CD. Yeah. And, and Napster didn't change that. What Napster did was basically, you know, really the, the people that should have sued Napster was radio. Oh, yeah. Because why would you listen to radio if you just go online and just yeah. download whatever you wanted? Because you're not going to find... you. You're not going to learn anything new. Like, the the songs that are being downloaded on Napsters were all the popular songs. Right. All the songs that you're you're, you're going to hear on the radio. You weren't going to go on Napster and just look up the, the seventh song that no one's ever heard of and then download that. You're like, oh, I want to, you know, hear that, uh, what was a big song when Napster was around? That Nelly Tim McGraw song. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was probably a hugely downloaded song on Napster. I want to get that Limp Bizkit Nookie, you know? Yeah, Nookie. Something, something like that was big and popular. That's all you were downloading on there. Stuff that was already being given away for free on the radio. Right. And then I Disappear comes out, which... Not a great song. Yeah. Let's, uh, oh, hold on. It's been a while since I heard it. Let's let's play it real quick. Okay, and then I'll, uh, I'll get into the the comment about all this. Okay, because it's it's been a while since I heard it, so I might be wrong. It might. I, it might, I haven't heard this song in like forever. The it, it might, Impossible. Song. Yeah, it might be better than I remember. Uh, that's why I wanted to play it because I I didn't necessarily remember this. Is this for like what Mission Impossible Two, right? Yes. Actually, the worst Mission Impossible. The one with all the slow-mo they're trying to do the Matrix stuff and people are like, this isn't missing That was the uh, John Weir one, wasn't it? Yeah, he gets a little crazy with it. He's like, I want to do a Matrix movie. Tom Cruise is like, that would be cool. Not with Mission Impossible, though. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that's a cool that's a cool little tune building it up to it. And then it's simple. But you... Keep in mind, you only have so many yeah, yeah, yeah's that you can do in a song. Right. So, I remember... Hey, hey, hey. I'm paying on hope on supper. Like this is something they got cut off a of reload. Like this is a song that they made for reload and it sucked too bad for that album and they cut it. 
And they're like, wait, no, we got a song. We can give Mission Impossible. We can give him that bullshit disappear song. You know, the thing about this song is there's 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 no context to it. Right. Uh, like, what's the point of this song? Yeah. What, what's the um? <laughs> yeah. What's the point of this song? Like, uh, uh, let's see. They they have lyrics for this, <laughs> so I want to see what these lyrics actually like. Like, I mean, I can hear them. Sure. <laughs> and but I, sometimes I think when we were in high school. By the way, I think when we were in high school, we were looking up, because uh, 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 CDs actually used to come with, like, lyric sheets. Yeah. Like, inside of them. And a booklet. And I think, uh, it might not have been this, but we were trying to figure out, no, it was like a, a Mudvayne album. They had, like, a song on one of their, which which we like, we like Mudvayne a lot, but one of the things were, like, it was a Mudvayne song, and I forget what it was. It was on LB50. Was. And we were like, how many words does he actually say? Because it seems like he's saying like a lot of stuff over and over again. Yeah. And I think we looked it up, and it was like 23 words or something. Yeah. Like, he literally just says the the phrase that he says in it like a bunch of times. And then also Deadpool, uh, the Drowning Pool. Yeah. He had like a song where it was just like maybe 30 words. And he just, it was on repeat. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, the lyrics to I Disappear. Just just so you guys don't think we're just hating on this or something. <laughs> okay, so they sat down and wrote this down. Hey, 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 here I go now. Here I go in two new days. Hey, 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 here I go now. Here I go into new days. That's, that's, that's the chorus. Okay, so I'm in pain. I'm, I'm pain, I'm hope, I'm suffer. Yeah, hey, 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 yeah, yeah, here I go into new days. Hey, 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 ain't no mercy, ain't no there, f- ain't no mercy, uh, ain't no mercy there for me, hey, 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 ain't no mercy, ain't no mercy there for me. I'm in pain, I'm hope, I'm suffer, yeah, 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 hey, 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 no mercy, ain't no mercy there for me. Do you bury me when I'm gone? Do you teach me while I'm here? Just as soon as I belong, then it's time I disappear, hey, hey, hey. And I went, and I went on down that road. Hey, hey, hey. And I went, and I went on down that road. Uh, and then he does the I'm pain, I'm hope, suffer thing again. Then he says, do you bury me when I'm gone thing again. And then he says all that again three times. Yeah. So literally, this, this song talks about nothing. There's like maybe a couple sentences you can get from that. Yeah, there's there there's there's not much there's not much to it, and it was a song made for a movie, which is yeah. fine. You know, I, remember was, they had him on like the cliff thing. And yeah, they had like Tom Cruise like flying or something over, over top of him or something. Yeah, they did a lot of slow mo. He was on a motorcycle, and yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. I mean, it's a soundtrack song. I mean, we definitely heard better ones. Uh, 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 Jack White and Alicia Keys, one of them. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Marilyn Manson. You know, killing strangers and. 
from John Wick. Yeah, from John Wick, and you know, there's there's a bunch of them that are written really well, and then there's some of them that are just kind of like, okay, I mean, we see where you thought you were trying. Yes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's 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 get into the, the, the other comments. I don't know what else we can say about so, it. It is what it is. It's I disappear. Yeah. So on so this one it says um, uh, these are just like just general just comments about stuff, right? So it says uh, I think their passion and drive waned as they got richer, older, wiser, and uh, not angry anymore. It feels like they nosedived after the whole Napster thing because of piracy and Napster and whatnot. Lars was not able to afford a gold-plated Shark Tank bar next to his pool for like a whole month. Uh, how did Metallica finally stop people from illegally downloading their music? They stopped producing anything worth listening to. <laughs> I can't imagine maintaining the same passion for something for 20 plus years, especially after becoming rich enough to indulge in uh, uh, and uh, enjoy essentially any other passion you might be into. I was like, that's a pretty big dig at Lars. Uh, yeah, I and mean... I was, and they, just, that made me laugh. That, was that like, is hilarious. So how did they get people to stop downloading their music? They started making shit that nobody wanted to download. Because, look, even now, even today, so so Napster came, you know, pay-based subscription thing, which is, which is fine, but you hear the, a lot of artists now, it's like, oh, yeah, how much do you guys make off Spotify and stuff? Nothing. Not much. I mean, even if you take like what they make from like Apple Music, Spotify, you know, um, YouTube Music, Google Play, uh, all the different like services, even combined, it doesn't make them a ton of money. It doesn't really replace like record sales. I mean, it's it's okay money, but they still have to touring is still what you have to do. Yeah, it's what you have to do to make money, unless you're like. Or Rihanna could just make like a billion dollars off makeup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rihanna's a billionaire. She she has a good bit of money. I don't know if Fenty's worth that much, but it, it's worth many hundreds of millions, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe in their products. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't uh, wear makeup, so I don't know. Uh, so like, you just thing, like Rihanna. You're just trying to make that <laughs> shit seem better. No. Rihanna, look, if you're listening to this, seriously, like you know. Get a hold of the show. We want to get you on here. Um, so, Convince me. Right? Uh, um, so this is just a random comment about the Black Album that's just isolated. It just says, I admit their first few albums were decent, but everything they've made after uh, and Justice for All and the Black Album, uh, 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 the Black Album sucks itself. Black Album can suck a dick. Fuck Enter Sandman, that bullshit-ass song. Oh, it sounds like somebody didn't like uh, uh, Sandman from ECW. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck that guy. He came out and he kicked the shit out of Rhino. Fuck him. It hit him with a fucking Singapore cane. Fuck that guy. I love Rhino. <laughs> Gore! Um, we've re- we mentioned ECW a lot in this. and it's I think it's just because of Sandman. It's like saying fuck the offspring because Raven came out and just kicked the shit out of everybody. Right, yeah. Gotta keep them separated. Um, so about load and reload, right? Okay, yeah, about so, load and reload. So it says, if I go to hell, it will certainly include me listening to Unforgiven 2. <laughs> Proof that Metallica <laughs> believes that if something is awful, do it twice. 
the fact that James Hetfield sings like his balls are being squeezed by Suge Knight does not help matters. After com- after completion of the Black Album, I believe certain members of Metallica castrated themselves and grew vaginas. Okay, so that's horrible. Let's uh see. Let's 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 play. I guess what what I I think is like the best song offload. Uh, this is what I think the best song offload is. is oh um, man, yeah. I have to even. I don't really remember what all okay. was on load. I have so to go there's back. not much that I. Think. <laughs> there ain't much. There ain't much. It's like it's like looking at like a, uh, a cold album. You remember the band Cold? Oh yeah, uh, the one that did the Stupid Girl song. Uh, uh with, which actually we had like wrote. the spider on their logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like a cold album, which is, uh, has two good songs at the most, and the rest of them are just bland garbage. This I think is the best song off the of load. King Nothing, which is King Nothing. So this one's pretty. This one's okay. Yeah, I like King Nothing. Well enough. It sounds like something that could have possibly made it on the Black Album. Yeah. Like maybe something that was left over whenever they're writing. Because it kind of sounds like Black Album-ish. Yeah. Like the way that it starts. Yeah. Even the drums kind of sound like they're Black Album era. Yeah. But having not listened to this in a while, this is really the only song off this album that I even remember. I remember Until It Sleeps a little bit. I think there's another song about the two ways. The lyrics are still kind of bad. And James is really trying to sell the fuck out of these songs. He's really trying to get his new vocal sound over. Okay, so that is Load. Yeah. Remember, remember the great song, Ain't My Bitch? <laughs> I refuse to play that song. <laughs> oh, come on. We got to play some Ain't My Ain't My Bitch. Okay, so It's so forgettable, I almost forgot what the fuck it was called. Okay, so Reload, obviously. Fuel? Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is... Definitely the biggest song off of. Yeah. Now I will say that I, I do like uh, the memory remains. That that's a pretty good song. That, that's okay. You didn't like Carpe Diem, baby. Carpe Diem, baby. I don't remember the fuck that sound. That sounds like. Probably haven't listened to that album in like tw- uh, that that some of these songs in like twenty years. This is whenever they're playing with their damn mixing board. They're just. Switching the sounds from left to right. Did you hear it when it starts? You got to do it. It's like, yeah. So they were like, hey, let's make a blues song. Okay. Then there's memory remains. This sounds like another song that, like, it's kind of like a weird. The memory of 
voices there. Who, who's the other voice? Oh, he's dubbing over his own voice. He's dubbing over himself, I guess. I don't know. I, you can't do that in time. I can hear it, too. Maybe they kept both takes. I, they may, they might have just messed them together. They're like, fuck it, just put them together. I don't know. I don't know why he's saying it remains like that, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> James was trying some shit on this album. He was like, he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do some crazy shit with my voice. Okay, and here's Unforgiven too. Uh, it's Got, gotta at least play this until he says Unforgiven too. <laughs> I, we don't want to wait that long! <laughs> this song is painful, man! How the fuck are you going to make a sequel to a song like Unforgiven? And then you then you literally say Unforgiven 2 you say and Unforgiven the song. In the fucking song. Like, come on, I know what you're trying to do, but come on, man! It's like, it's like the movie, whenever they say the title of the movie in the movie. Yeah. Which is like one of those moments... It would, it would be like, uh, it'd be like watching Star Wars, and then they actually just say Star Wars. Right. <laughs> we're in the Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, we're in Star Wars, and we're looking for the last Jedi, and it's like, ugh, that's a god-awful line. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this? Is this was it you you think Bull wrote this? He's got, he's got to get the whole title over, you know. Yeah. It's like people has to under people have to understand the title. It's like we get it, we get it. You don't have to say it in the. the <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh. Oh, I had I had one uh. Yeah. Okay. I had like uh one more comment. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it says uh, yes, they cut their hair. Yes, they wear makeup now. And yes, they tour with cock monkey pants. <laughs> cock monkey pants? What is that? I don't know. The, the writer doesn't elaborate what a cock monkey band is, so I don't know. That could be anything. Um, we'll just say it's Tool. Okay, so... <laughs> Tool, Tool's a cock monkey. That's hilarious. <laughs> So it says, however, the real reason Metallica sucks is that they have grown tired of metal and are now hungry for money. Sure, they used to rock the fucking balls off your parents' house when you played them in 86, but the double bass drums sound softer when they're filled with cash. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like jealousy. Right, yeah, somebody is fucking real salty. Sounds like somebody like fucking Metallica with money. Metallica shouldn't have money, they should be sucking dick for a drumstick. Right. Uh, it says, but when Metallica sues their fans for listening to Metallica songs, they suck. I can picture Lars and his lawyers rolling nude in piles of money, laughing at the dickholes <laughs> they're still willing to pay top dollar for their symphony remixes of the same shit. Why at some you- point... Uh, at some point, one of them must have stopped dry-humping stacks of hundreds, wiped their diarrhea mustache, and agreed to allow Unforgiven to be interpreted into elevator music. Uh, I know this because I heard this shit while uh, three old folks uh, tapped their brittle feet to the metal of beat as I wondered if hell was a hospital elevator. 
No, you didn't. They didn't. They never is, played Metallica in, in an elevator. Right. They said that, that, is, they that is bullshit. Somebody, yeah, I was like, no, this guy's just being a straight-up asshole. And also, it, it was fucked up that they sued Napster, but uh, Metallica didn't sue their fans. Say, hey, you downloaded Napster, we're suing you. Right. They sued the creator. The creator of Napster did happen to be a Metallica fan. But they didn't sue him because he was a fan. They sued him because of what the what the software was doing. They sued him because uh, their their uh, epic I disappear leaked, and then they got pissed about it, and they sued him, <laughs> and they basically made Napster a paid subscription thing, and uh, they they can't operate. And then it like got that. bought out by Rhapsody, yeah. But uh, does Rhapsody even exist anymore? Uh, I don't know. Like Probably Best Buy not. owned Rhapsody for a while after they had bought. Is Best Buy still around anymore? Uh, I don't know who's still around. Kinda. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but the other thing that people forget is that Dr. Dre also joined in on that suit, too. So every time... I don't forget that. Dr. Dre was in it. Uh, Eminem was kind of in that, but mainly just because of Dre was in it. Because of Dre, yeah. I mean, uh, people, yeah, joined in Eminem, later in the People stole Eminem albums, like, constantly on But there. look, people bought Eminem I. Like, how many more CDs do you need? How much more money do you need? Right. Look, all these people that joined in, I'd understand if it was, like, uh, a gang of, uh, like, musicians, like, that weren't as big. Wasn't so rich and famous. But you're talking about billionaire, Dr. Dre. Eventual billionaire, Eminem. Uh, a band that's probably worth a billion dollars in Metallica. Uh, all these bands that actually joined in to sue this guy that literally came up with this shit in his basement. Right. All well, were he was worth, in college, right? Yeah, yeah, all were worth multiple millions of dollars. Right. You didn't need to sue Napster. Napster, if, if anything, actually helped every single one of you get more famous. Because, because your, mu- your music was easier to find. Right. You fucked yourselves, really. Because now... That's why we have people like Billie Eilish and shit like that, uh, because their music's easier to find than yours is now. Yeah. Because you can find their shit anywhere. Your shit is just, you You, you gotta go buy a Dre CD, because they don't play the shit on the radio anymore. Uh-uh. And you can't download but it. But they'll play Halsey. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm, I'm just fucking with Halsey. I, some of her stuff's actually pretty good. Yeah, so that's... But like that, a little pump and yeah. like... Fucking uh, was it Takashi Six Nine? Why did the Dre albums after that not sell very well? There you go. Because people were like, "Man, this is bullshit." Oh, I just had this this one little section to add on to this, right? Mm Because the the dude was not quite done. He had a little uh, add on to it. It says, "Furthermore, they have continued to suck and swallow by jacking up the prices of their tickets and merchandise." It seems the more the music rolls downhill into a pit of alternative dog shit, the more they think they're worth. Uh, plain and simple, a band that uh, that is uh, more hardcore about their image and record sales than their depleting fan base is Metallica. Well, it's kind of hard to argue with that point because, okay, we we know the record sales of uh, Metallica, you know, up until the Black Album, so right. Uh, Load was actually kind of successful. It was it was five times platinum. Uh, so Load was actually that's actually better than I thought it was. It was decently successful. I thought it did like maybe two million. That's way better than I thought. Reload was three times platinum. 
so two million drop off. Uh, Saint Anger was two times platinum. Uh, Death Magnetic two times platinum, and uh, Hardwired of Self Destruct only sold a million copies. Yeah, well, the thing about Hardwired is that like nowadays, like albums don't really sell. Everything is just streaming now. Well, it considers that. Uh, all, the, all the numbers always consider the downloading uh, services and stuff, too, now. Uh, um, okay. So... I wasn't sure if they factored that in now, because they're not they technically have to. sales. But you are paying for a service and then listening to that artist, so... Yeah, you have to. So, a hardware to self-destruct is just because... Uh, and even, like, a lot of their recent concerts aren't selling as well. It's just because... People are starting to care less about Metallica. But it's also where a lot of these places... If Napster still existed in the context that it did back in the day, Metallica would actually, ironically, still be extremely relevant. Because you could get their music easily for free, yeah, and people would go to their concerts. Now... A lot of people couldn't even name an album off the last three albums I just named. Name a song off of those albums? Yeah, they, they couldn't. They couldn't. Just because they can't access it easily. And a lot of people just... A lot of people don't like buying albums that they don't know if they're going to be good or not. Yeah. You well, know? And, you know, my thing, too, is that I've always felt is that, like... You know, if you if you pay, like, $10 a month to, like, Spotify Premium or, you know, like, Apple Music and stuff like that... It's like then you're you're a more hardcore fan and you're willing to you know because I I you know I do the YouTube music, and it's like because I like being able to listen to like a lot of shit. Sometimes I'm just like fuck it, it's a Pantera day. I just want to listen to some Pantera, and you know that kind of thing. And I, you know sometimes I want to go back to like Slayer and fucking like Rain and Blood and stuff right. like that. And I want to go back to these older albums. But that's the thing is that we grew up at a time when you had cassettes and you had CDs and you remember all this shit. Younger kids, you can go to them and be like, what's your favorite Slayer album? And they're like, who the fuck is Slayer? They have no fucking clue. No. You know, it's like, what's your favorite Metallica album? And they're like, oh, I don't know, who the fuck is Metallica? Like, you know, it, that's the thing. It's like... Well, you know, and, and it doesn't help that Metallica, you know, does, you know, Load and Reload, which, you know, I guess kind of successful albums... But then they do something like Saint Anger, which sounds like this. Oh yeah. This is off to a good start. Oh, we get to hear the trash can drums. This is off to a good start. Uh, Look, it's sounding pretty that's good. That's okay. Then you start hearing this. And then I'm start I start getting distracted from the song itself. I'm like, okay, what is Why this? Why does Lars' drum sound like that? Yeah. And then I hear that and that's that's really loud. That doesn't sound good. It's really loud. It's like me hitting a pot. Right. Me hitting a pot doesn't sound good. Why, did, why does that sound good? Yeah. Because listen, now his drums are the loudest thing that's being played, and you can't even hardly hear the guitar. Or the bass. Or the bass. Like, literally, that is the loudest thing in this song. Why? <laughs> Do you think that this was Lars was like, fuck it, the drums are going to be the biggest thing on this album? Yeah, it's all about Lars. Yeah. And then, whenever it transitions, it sounds like James Hetfield recorded his lyrics 
in a fucking hole in a different studio than they recorded the fucking uh, music. Because that sounds like it was just put together. Yeah, it it is it is really hard to listen to, and ah, uh, and it could have been because that drum is just so loud in your ear. It's so annoying, and it's like you know, it'd be like listening to this podcast, and I just have like a a, a pot in my hand, and I'm just like hitting it. <laughs> While like we're cast talking, iron skillet or yeah, something. ding ding, or like a cowbell or something. Yeah, uh, we're gonna need more cowbell. We're gonna need more cowbell. But that album could have been so good. And then that's what the one Lars was like. You know what? It's gonna be all about me in this album, and I'm going to be like loud and fucking obnoxious. And this was this was the album where Jason Newstead was like, "I'm out, I'm done," because mm-hmm. he quit around this time. And then, uh, and then there's like the whole thing where they did the documentary, the Some Kind of Monster, where it's like the behind the scenes of like them working on this album, and Lars is like telling the rest of the band like Jason fucking quit, he's gone. They're like, what? And he was like, he fucking quit. <laughs> it's like he's done. He's fuck out of here. It's like, oh shit. So then they had to bring in Robert Trujillo for him to take over because they had recorded you know this shit with Jason and he was like F- I'm, I'm fucking done I'm out of here he was just tired of their shit and I don't think he and then the, there's this whole thing where um uh like uh Kirk Hammett's like I don't want to do solos anymore like he even tells Lars like I don't really want to do solos anymore because it's stale and uh, you know we, we've done that forever and he's like I just don't and one of the things that people complained about this album was that Kirk literally does no solos at all. There isn't one solo in that whole fucking album. And it's like, well, what solos is what you built your career on. That's the reason people think that you're a good guitarist, Kirk, is because of the solos and the shit that you would come up with. Well, he doesn't even play guitar on stage. He fakes it, and a tech plays it behind the scenes. Because he says his hands hurt. It's like, I mean, Kerry King's hands probably hurt every fucking night. You know who else's hands hurt, Kirk? Every guitarist ever at that point in their life. Right. You should either quit, because he's been doing this for like the last 15 years. Yeah. Where, you know, him and James fake playing guitar on stage. And because sometimes James won't even be touching his guitar. And the the fucking music's still playing. Oh, that's just that's just egregious. Yeah, like like he won't even be touching it and his parts are still playing because he's not actually hooked up to his amp. A guy backstage is playing it. Uh That's pretty crazy. Was that like was that like in some documentary footage where they No, they it was showed... a MTV thing, uh before they did one of those festivals, I actually recorded on VHH uh, v, uh VHS tape and they were taking them through. And they were just like, yeah, Kirk Hammett's like, yeah, my tech's back there. You know, he plays, and I fake it on stage. <laughs> so, so his reasoning for that was that is it that he has like arthritis in his hands. I think Kirk Hammett does have arthritis in his hands. Okay, is it, is but it, him and James both fake it on stage. James does not have arthritis in his hands. 
But that's the thing that gets me, though. It's like, so... So, they're perfectly okay playing this shit in the studio, but they just can't bring themselves to play it. They just don't want to play live. it whenever they're live because it's work. <laughs> they, 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 they do get lazy. There, there is proof of Metallica does, does, they are kind of lazy sometimes. And it's probably because of the rampant alcoholism. You know, like, they were, they were all basically alcoholics. For a long time, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And there's some people that James say... fell off the... He still falls off the wagon. You know, he hasn't been sober for... You know, he was sober for like five years at one point before they did St. Anger. And then as soon as the album came out, he fell off the wagon. Started and, drinking again. Yeah, he was all messed up for a couple years, and then he got sober again. Because he had to go in and out of rehab a few yeah, times. Yeah, he, it's, it's who he is. But the, I'm, Dave I'm, Mustaine gets kicked out because he has an alcohol problem and uh, uh, head Mustaine, tat. yeah, he's totally sober now. Yeah, he's great. Like it's like he got all he of his shit out of the way whenever he was in his twenties, and you know later on, like once he got into like his forties, he's just like, I just don't want to do this shit anymore. So it's like, who's the real problem? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the thing about about like Metallica. I guess to to kind of like wrap up, you know? Yeah. Is that. Uh, the thing about Metallica is that, like, look, they have flaws, right? Like, they're, they're nobody's saying that these guys are absolute angels, and they're like perfect human beings, and they always do, you know, the they always do like the best thing. There are times like when they do some fucked up things, and you're like, eh, why, why did you guys do that? It's like they're human, they have flaws. You know, I was on uh, Reddit looking at some like, you know, like people that are like Metallica fans because they have like their own subreddit, and uh, there was. You know, just to show that, like, they're not complete dickholes. There, there was, like, a show that they had, um, you know, they already sold tickets for. And, you know, they have the black tickets, which basically are, like, you can get backstage access. And you get, it's, like, VIP type stuff. Right, right, You right. know, you get to meet the band. And you probably get to do autographs and all that kind of stuff because you're, like, a black ticket holder. Well, they had to cancel a show. And um, they basically sent out, like, a letter. And they signed each letter uh, explaining that the black tickets were going to be, uh, you know, used for a different show. This show had to be canceled, but it's like your tickets are still good. We're going to have those tickets apply to a different show, and then we'll we'll let everybody know. And then the band signed off on it and sent all those letters out to the people, you know, mailed to the address where their tickets were sent to. And people were like, oh, yeah, I got this thing saying that, like, you know, they're still going to honor the tickets and stuff like that. They're not just saying, like, fuck it, we're done. We're not going to play that show. They're like, we're going to work it out, you know. And so it's like they have moments like that where it's like, oh, yeah, that's I, cool. We're, yeah, we're not saying that they're just total pieces of shit or something no. like that. Like, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing an episode paying tribute to them if we thought they were assholes. We just thought that the episode would be better served if we talked about their flaws and everything. Because we have to be real about it. They, yeah, they've they had some fucked up stuff. They're kind of greedy also... sometimes. They're kind of dicks, but they also, in a music standpoint, they've, they've changed music forever, and that's why they're legends. That's why they're going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's why, you know... Um, yeah, I mean they're they're gonna be considered one of the greatest uh, rock bands of all time, metal bands or rock bands, however you want to put it. They classify can, them. Yeah, they can be classified in either. I'd say their first part of their career, they're metal. The the last part, they're rock. Yeah. Um, but um, it it doesn't matter. I mean, the, I think they'll be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think their their influence is something that um 
the 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 world of metal couldn't do without no one commenting on metallica or hating them has done anything better to contribute to music than metallica has yeah because everybody can be a critic right it's easy to be a critic all you need is a voice but it's hard to actually change something yeah and i think the thing is is like when you look at like how many kids learn how to play guitar by learning metallica songs right like you hear about all the time it's like when you when you have uh bands that are like coming up and they start to do interviews and stuff and it's like it's like oh well, what kind of stuff did you play when you were like a kid and you were like learning it's like oh i learned how to play inner sandman you know oh like, no my my kid if he wants to learn how to get to play guitar he he either starts with steve Vai or he's not doing it <laughs> okay so I'm, uh, seriously play ballerina and i'll buy ballerina yeah. i'm not letting you out of your room yeah yeah, so, it's got to be perfect. Um, yeah, you got to hit that right on. <laughs> that's an. That's it's a, like we're gonna. It's like what? It's like so. What did you do to like lead up to that? It's like well, he played some Joe Satriani. He mastered that, and then then he, he graduated. Then up to he Steve became I. a decent guitarist. And then he became a decent guitarist, and we started teaching him Steve Vai. Um, and then you know, like his his true training wheels was Yingve Malmstein. You know, that's that's what he learned when he I don't was like think five. Ying, yeah, I don't think Ying Vei is better than Steve Vai. Well, no, you would start off with that first. Ying Vei, and then, then work your way up, and Steve then go to Vai. Steve Vai. Steve Vai is kind of like the final boss in a video yeah. game. You know, well, you can throw Eric Clapton <laughs> somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah, Clapton's Clapton's decent. <laughs> yeah, that might be the most controversial thing in this whole episode. Yeah. The Clapton's decent. The Clapton is decent. Quotation. Marks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Clapton, he's decent. Well, uh, this has uh, been Beyond the Hate Metallica edition. Hope you guys like, subscribe, uh, donate, uh, uh, email us if you have uh, any thoughts, suggestions, opinions. Um, yeah, check us out on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Google all those podcasts. all those places. Uh, yeah, I, I will do a quick shout out to our friend Dusty. Uh, oh yeah, what's yeah, up? Dusty. Uh, glad you uh, started listening to us. Uh, so that's... hopefully you enjoy this episode too, because uh, I know you listened to some Metallic in high school. Yeah, Dusty um, did. Yeah, so uh, maybe if you uh, turn bitter to him, maybe this will turn you back to the positive side. Right. Uh, hopefully not more bitter. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, just let us know how we're doing. Uh, leave five star reviews. Like us. Listen to us everywhere. Uh, do we have any podcast suggestions we can throw out? Some people maybe to listen to another podcast. Do you have any? Um. Uh, anybody that you? Uh, uh, well, one that I would say uh, because uh, apparently the Collider Star Wars that I was listening to. I uh, got their show fucking canceled. <laughs> it's gone. Okay. So if you're is there a, a replacement for it, so if you're a Star Wars uh, fan and you're positive like we are about Star Wars, uh, you can listen to a Force Center podcast. It's uh, hosted by Ken Knapsack, uh, who came from Collider, and uh, Joseph Scrimshaw. They actually do like pretty good deep dives into Star Wars. Like they kind of give me like a different uh, way of looking at things in the movies that I hadn't thought of before. And their episodes usually are pretty long, so if you're on like a long ride home, or you're going on like a trip to go visit family or something, you're like, I gotta kill like two and a half hours. 
boom, throw a Force Center, get some good Star Wars content. And they are not negative about really anything. They might have little nitpicks, but they are positive about like everything they talk about. Oh, that sounds very excited. I so, would suggest uh, if you guys are more politically inclined, uh, listen to The Worst Year Ever with one of my favorite podcasters, Robert Evans. Yeah, uh, yeah. Katie Stolen, uh, Cody Johnston, uh, Dr. Mr. Cody. Uh, but yeah. uh, uh, please listen to them before you guys uh, vote this year. That's all I'd ask. Uh, so this is being Beyond the Hate. Metallica edition. Just in case you wanted some metal up your ass. Yeah. 